0: Hey there, folks! What do you know? It's the Udicast episode 196 on a beautiful Sunday. Uh, what a what a wonderful day it's been! Beautiful breeze. I'm cleaned up the house. I got to talk to the uh, the very interesting uh, Renaissance man of the area, Andrew Derminio, uh talking about his time with Town Square Media, his time with Bill Keeler, time with River Hills Property, and the mutual award that we won this week from the Genesis Group. Thanks to the Genesis Group. Also this week, uh, we're going to talk about some Utica news, about some big-time tech news. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about history lessons, intrusive animals, uh, trailers, uh, Woodstock, the 50th anniversary, all of this, so much more forks. ah, forks, folks. I'm losing my mind. We're getting close to 200. You can tell we're getting close because I'm losing my mind. All that and more this week, folks. We are happy to have you here. Oh, yes. Her phone because two weeks in a row, phone has gone off in the middle of the interview. I mean, it was an
1: alarm, actually.
0: That's true. You had an alarm, wasn't it? It is alarming that you wouldn't put your phone on. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) see what I did? Mm. Ah, we're back, folks. Episode 196 of the UDICast. I'm Sam Pamelaro. Uh, Joined as always, Heather Waz, Kevin Sullivan. What's up, guys? What's up? It's a beautiful day out there. And Kev, you made a really good point earlier. A couple consecutive nice days in a row. Good sign. Nice to start piling them up.
1: And I was supposed to get in the 60s I mean,
2: week. not really consecutive because yesterday and the day before were both abjectly horrible. Yes. But. Well, we're getting there. We're starting
0: to yeah, see more last stuff. Last
2: week we had some. They're coming. A little yeah. bit closer.
0: Did you do any new fun outdoor stuff? I went
1: skiing. It was great. Skiing. <laughs> Old Forge, <North> Forge yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, warm skiing. Skiing. It's nice to ski in the.
2: It was horrible on Friday night. Late Friday yep. night when I got out of work, everything yep. was ice. Yep. Everything was ice. Yep. Like there was a thin layer of ice and it was mm. very dangerous. Yep. Not fun. Uh, So, a couple things I just want to start off with.
0: Uh, Heather, we were just talking about it before you came in. It's the middle of March Madness. It's all we talk about when you're not here, Heather, is what you might be doing. Uh, Uh, No, no, I know. It's the middle of March Madness. There was a bonus podcast that I did earlier this week, which is very rare. Justin and I did an hour-long podcast about the NCAA tournament. Selection special. Our selection special, that's right. Uh, We had the Maiden Utica slash Uticast combined uh, March Madness pool, which neither Kevin nor Heather joined. Not bad, just a fact, just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I need, right. I
2: need to be reminded. I feel like I just started
1: a new job, and I'm the kid, and
2: somebody's gonna grab me on Wednesday and yeah. like, "Hey, you have you to have do to this, this now." if You that's want okay. to do it. Send I mean, we me were all over Twitter and all over Facebook
0: about it, and I know you guys aren't, you know, afraid of social media, but that's fine. It's fine. I know it's fine. I get wow. it. Wow. Well, listen, listen to this tone. At least I
1: don't live here. This you get hear it all zone. the time. I know.
0: Nope, uh, no, I'd be surprised. You only get aggressive when you're here. I don't know what it is. But shout out to current number one Miranda Lucerzy, who is in first place.
2: The legend, Miranda, Legend of the Spring.
0: Yes, uh, and Willie Bloomquist, who are tied Mm -hmm. uh, for first. You know who's working around in second, though? Who's that? Justin Parkinson. He's cheating. He's cheating. He's a dirty cheater. (laughs) Game in the system. Uh, Tom Knudsen as well, and Gary Hood. So still, still in the running. Uh so you did not fill out any tournament brackets. No, I at didn't, all.
1: I didn't do anything. I've had no time.
0: No, I'm just curious because I feel like that was one of those things that even if you don't watch basketball, some like
1: offices,
2: some workplaces just kind of throw that stuff at you.
1: Well, I'll talk to the zoo about that. Yeah. did
2: yeah. you filled one out though, didn't you? I did, yeah. Somebody was like, hey, you gotta fill this out and get in on it. And they <laughs> handed me the piece of paper, and so I did it. Um <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't take I didn't take down a copy of it though right so i don't have a copy i don't really know my picks because that's the way i want to do it so maybe i'll get a phone call or an email and like, hey you won some money and i like, i'll get that Great. but you know otherwise i did have syracuse losing in the first round because um they were who we thought they were they were and uh yeah yeah it's true that uh, baylor did not let them off the hook uh so yeah no brackets
0: for heather uh i did very poorly in mine now that syracuse is out i'm less interested in the bra- in the tournament anyway a little bit i just want to see anyone who might go to the knicks Kevin, some good news for you. Did you read? Uh, because we have such a close connection to this. That McGill's, our legendary home base of band operations for many years when we were young men, is opening back up tomorrow.
2: I, they got a different... Well, I mean, they've certainly got a different building since they bring them down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that was a... Boy, boy it took its time, and you know <laughs> sure I don't I don't know what happened or who yeah. got you know what what money or whatever it was. Sure, maybe people don't remember. I hope they do well. I, I always hope there. when a new business opens, that they do well. Yeah, we played there so uh, many fans. times when we were younger. We had we, we played there many times. We didn't have like a scheduled
0: show. It was like once a month. No, we I mean, yeah, it was
2: once usually every other or so. Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah. they always paid. That was always the trick. Everybody True else was story. trying to play at like. Skaterama with nine bands on a Sunday afternoon we were like, we're going to play at this place where they pay us $500 and we'll have to play some covers. We'll just do songs we like and do whatever we want and get drunk with our friends. True story.
0: Good times. Uh, So I guess it's time for me to discuss my award. Heather, I saw you looking at my award that I brought out specifically so you could look at it. It's very nice. It's one of those glass-style etched awards, Mm -hmm. um, which is not easy to take a photo of. My mom was very upset. She's like, hold it up. I'm like, I am holding it up. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you can. You need, like, a solid background of some sort. Uh, I also got, I don't know if you guys saw this, check it out. It's some sort of uh, piece of paper here from the U.S. Congress, uh, signed to me from our good friend Anthony Brindis.
2: That is an excellent piece of paper. When
0: yeah. next time I see uh, Anthony Brindisi, I'm gonna have to check with him and make sure this is his real signature. You gotta get a I photo gotta... of him holding. Yes, <laughs> <holding, it>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that
2: Next time he comes in to come on the podcast, uh, you have to have a picture of him holding your certificate. Uh, uh, but no, I'm, and I'm you just... holding the trophy that yeah. nobody can see with the dinosaur uh, hands. Know... <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I am uh,
0: a 2019 uh, Genesis Group striving for success honoree, and it was very nice. Uh, it was actually very nice uh, to little... be
2: rewarded for your striving. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it was it was yeah. a very nice little. More than anything else, I got to give a little speech, and I put my mom over, and she was very happy and pleased.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but our guest... Nice to week, give a speech. Nice to give a little speech. It is nice, nice to, to give, give a speech. A speech. Yeah. I had an, we're like, we super... called upon to give more speeches. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, again, our guest this week, uh, Andrew Dominio, was also uh, an honoree at this event. That's how we sort of got to talking, and that's why he's here. So this is a very pretentious, award-winning episode of the show. Uh, I guess we can say that now. The award-winning...
2: <laughs> Uticast podcast.
3: Yeah, we yeah. are. Oh, that's so we, we great. Yeah,
2: the award. yeah, award-winning. I'm into. Yeah, like big that. into that. You're big into, big into that. Award-winning. Change all the branding. Get Parkinson in here. Get the website changed. Parkinson. Change the website. Award-winning Uticast.com. That's what we're changing it to. All
0: right. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving uh, <laughs> right. on. Uh, also, see, so speaking of Justin and Kate, by the way, of a recognition, uh, we just found out moments before the podcast was set to air that uh, the maiden Utica. Uh, Pedal Pub, the Big Yellow Fellow, during the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. We came in second place. I saw that. Second yeah. place. Awesome. Second place. Who came in first? Yeah, who came
1: in first? Tiny's,
0: The the Blues Brothers uh, type guys. Yeah, well, they went all the time, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of not fair. If you ask me, I think it's, uh, I was hoping for maybe sort of a, you know how like Michael Jordan won the MVP so many years in a row, they like finally, like, give it to somebody else just to change it up. That should have been us this year. We should have been somebody more.
1: dancing on them. The pedal pub. We should have had someone, someone on dancing. top. Just someone dancing.
0: It was really cold. It was very cold. So anyone who was performing out Wait, there. You also can't put someone on top no, and
2: dance because they, they would probably fall and be murdered. <laughs> uh, and just so I can
0: get this uh, out of the way, I did not go to WWE last night. Everyone I know called me up today to be like, did you go? I'm like, no. I just, Dude, you must have been there, You must yes, have I been there. I just assumed
1: you were going to
0: be there. Seemed like a rowdy crowd according to Twitter and the Facebook universe who were posting all sorts of photos and such about the event.
2: I probably should have gone probably probably I looked at it um it was a weird week and like things got sort of jumbled for the weekend and uh, throughout the course of the week and I was looking at tickets kind of last minute on Friday and there weren't really any decent seats and the one that were left felt more expensive than what I wanted to pay to go and sit there mm-hmm. and then it just kind yeah. of happened mm-hmm. and I was pretty sorry and then it came around and it was like five thirty and I was like ah uh, we're not we're past the point, yeah I we're feel past you the
0: mean. point. Uh, so, I don't have a ton of huge stories this Again, It was a very long interview with Andrew Derminio of Town Square Media and River Hills Properties. Uh, I hate to say, we had a really nice conversation. didn't realize how much we would have in common. It was oh, yeah. funny how many things we found during the course of our interview we sort of stumbled across. Like, oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty wild. I think I used the words kindred spirit, not kind to get aw. too romantic, hmm. but yeah. Um, so yeah, that interview is coming up. Really long interview. There were some things that did happen this week I thought were worth uh, sort of chatting about. Uh, first and foremost, there's Utica news, guys. Did you see that there was a, a significant uh, milestone that was passed this week about the hospital? No, what they do. Uh, so the city planning board uh, voted unanimously to accept the environmental impact report, which was mm-hmm. sort of the first, sort of the final step before Mohawk Valley Health Services could start uh, financially uh, acquisition, acquisitioning properties, begin demolition, and potentially eminent domain. Right. So I guess this answers. I was kind of wondering, like, how long would it be before we actually started seeing construction? Is it going to be, like, in the summer? Like, how far away is construction of this hospital?
2: They've already started some things down there. Yeah. They've I already see. started on, like, the, you would almost call it pre-construction, like, real deep level stuff yeah. you got to do. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I keep waiting for, it, I guess, like in the reality, of like I want to see like walls being built, but that's like years down yeah. the road, I suppose. Maybe not years. So it's
1: definitely coming. It's like a definite. It seems definite. like it's definitely coming. That's yeah. why I haven't really wondered because I haven't been. Hasn't been said that they're definitely coming yet. Right. So, well, I think that this, even though they're breaking ground places.
0: Well, I think that this environmental uh, impact survey was a big part of what, like, one of the last things they had to get by. And yeah. there's a good report that Julian Ferris did about this on KTV. If you want to read about her her thing on it, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just wonder if this means that we're going to see a bit more of a rapid uh, movement with stuff down there now. If like this was like the last thing to go through before they start doing a lot more stuff. I don't have many more takes on that. That's all I have for hmm. you. Uh, it's interesting this week, so I wonder if we'll see an increase in stuff on this. Also, two big multimedia stories this week. Um, earlier this week, Disney uh, finally closed their giant seven, $71.3 billion deal with Fox Creating this giant global content powerhouse, uh, they're probably going to get themselves a new streaming service called Disney Plus. Uh, rumors abound that their new acquisitions add 19.3 billion dollars to Disney's uh, annual revenue. I mean, what is... How, how much is too much? <laughs> I mean, right? Like Disney's like the the new god now, right? Like that's our that's our new like that's the new president Disney. Disney's going to run the whole <laughs> president world. President Disney. President Disney. All right, I guess. Is there a real chance that there's like ever gonna break up Disney for being a monopoly if it just keeps going this way? Are they just gonna own everything sooner than later. No. Like what would like how much stuff can they own at a certain point in time when they're not <laughs> just competing against themselves? That's what I wonder. I guess. Right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: The other story this week was Apple, uh, which isn't really gonna come out tomorrow. Apple apparently tomorrow is announcing uh, its new strategy for streaming services. They're gonna have a new news service. Uh, they're adding uh, Showtime, HBO, and stars to their new streaming platform. I can't keep up with all of this. I, well, I cannot I, keep up with it. There's so much stuff. <laughs> Let me ask you this question right off the bat, without digging too far into it. Which service seems more interesting to you—a Disney Plus service with all the Marvel stuff on it, or like an Apple service with all of like the Showtime,
2: HBO, and stars stuff on it? We've already got all that stuff in yeah. spades from like nine different services. Yeah.
0: Well, doesn't that mean we're going to start losing them from other services?
2: Like, I wonder if this means that... No, because not, not with Apple. With Disney, it'll be different. Disney's different because they're doing their own thing. And you can't... But, I mean, if you... Stuff that goes on Apple Music, you can still get on Spotify.
1: Yeah, Disney you know will I mean? do will do better because you can't get any Disney movies right now. Mm-hmm. None.
2: I did just read this week
0: that uh, for the first time uh, since its inception, Netflix now has more original content than um, than like IP that they've acquired outside of their company. Mm -hmm. So that's probably an interesting benchmark that they just passed as well, which probably speaks about this upcoming change. I think we've reached the point now, like, remember when we thought that, like, cutting cable was going to be, like, a deal? Mm-hmm. Like, nine ninety nine? we got everything we want now. I think those days are over. I think gone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You knew they were going to get their money from you.
0: Yeah, I guess it was just, I was enjoying the sort of in-between days when it still yeah. felt a little cavalier and outlaw. When everyone was
1: paying all this money for cable and we were, like, paying $10. Yeah, it felt... Yeah, <laughs> I I get it. I you're get still
2: it. paying considerably less for cable, and with that less, you also still have, I mean, unprecedented level control compared to just regular-ass um, cable. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true.
1: I know, because I can cancel HBO whenever I want app, and then get well, it again even, when a new show comes And Not even on.
2: that, like, if you have cable with a lot of stuff, I mean, you get into, like, some on-demand services, but a lot of it, you're at the whim of what's on, and you still have to eat a lot more commercials, yep. you know? so for sure. Even if Netflix and Hulu were the same price as cable, but didn't have the commercials the same way, that's still yeah. come up.
0: It's true. Uh, I just think this is probably... Um, I don't know. I, I keep. I wonder if this is all just going to end up in just a big giant Disney versus Apple thing. Like thirty mm-hmm. years down the road, like those will just be the big two companies, and we'll be in like the dystopian future. Mm-hmm. That's my cynical view <laughs> on this whole thing. Might not be as far off as I thought. Uh, a couple things. One last thing, I guess we'll talk about. I don't really want to talk about Mueller report stuff. It just happened this weekend that the Mueller report has been concluded, and uh, it was dropped off to the Attorney General uh, Anthony Barr. There's been some trickling of statements I've saw today on a couple sides mm-hmm. of it. I don't know, I haven't read, you've probably read more about it than I have today. Uh, I didn't really have many thoughts about it. I was curious if you guys had read anything. We could talk more about it next week. If there you want. wasn't
1: much detail about today, just like yeah. quotes from random.
0: Yeah, now you're starting to see just sort of quotes coming out. I was wondering how long it would take.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's seen it. Nothing's happened yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that seemed to be a story that's sort of brewing today and yesterday. I'm seeing a lot of the conclusion. It's like on every headline on Apple News. Yeah, this you'll, morning. Mean, you'll see
2: breathless speculation. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah,
0: a lot.
1: Of, I'm trying to ignore all that until actual news a, comes I mean, out.
2: And even like with, I mean, with this and with everything else, it's best to try to ignore um, breathless speculation and just base sure. it's like immediate takes. Everybody's in such a rush for a take that people are just talking crazy.
1: Do you feel like it's been going on so long that people just don't care at this point? Because I felt that way. Once they said they're gonna release a report, I was like, I just don't care either. Yeah, some people Because I mean, this has been dragging a lot, on a lot so of people, long. Well a lot of
2: people are very fatigued by yeah by everything. You know, not 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 I don't even just mean this specific thing, but like Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I think there's I think there's a you know fair amount of the people that are fatigued. Just done with it. Well I think that there was a lot of people who
0: decided Like a while ago that like no matter what was in this report or not, they've already made any decisions that they're making about about Trump and the administration and whatever's going on and that this is just going to either it's not really going to change anything. We already know it seems like Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I haven't read anything yet, so I don't want to get too far into it. Um... That's about it. Let's take a break. This is a long episode and a long interview. So let's let's stop there and we'll get into history lessons afterwards. And let's get into this week's interview uh, with Andrew Derminio. Uh, Andrew, again, sort of I I love using the phrase local renaissance person. I feel like I use that a lot on this show. Uh, But really, he does so much stuff here uh, working for Town Square Media, uh, working uh, on The Keeler Show uh, from 6 to 9 a.m. on WIBX 950. Uh, And he's also doing uh, real estate with River Hills uh, Properties. We talked about a lot of stuff. As I mentioned, I was surprised over the course of this interview how many things we sort of found uh, ourselves uh, finding common ground on. So really fun interview with Andrew. Uh, Check it out. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: a living or dead question too? The, the, um... Uh, living or dead. Dead. dead? It could be it a, could dead, be a dead, dead person. Yeah, it could be a dead person. Yeah. A
0: lot of people, most people, weirdly, when I ask them that question, and I'm spoiling it for the people who listen to the show now, uh, <laughs> yeah, most people, when they answer that question, per capita, it seems like, pick somebody dead. I think okay. the option of having a dead person on the list to choose from, Yeah. it's like, well, I gotta take the dead person. You know what I mean? Like, it would be like if you're going to have a television show and you have the opportunity to put it on HBO or like NBC. It's like, like I got to pick HBO. They let me do more yeah, I stuff. I can say whatever yeah. the hell I want. Yeah, I can say what I want. Well, uh, to some extent. That's true. I try and, try and keep it to some classy extent here. We are award winners
3: now. We have a certain level of classiness. That is classiness. right. We have to. And political correctness, which we will do. That's true. Now, we will <laughs> honor greatly.
0: I'm going to ask only because. Um, I assume that you were involved in this somewhere along your week last week, uh, and we just th- we just did an extra podcast about it this week. The NCAA tournament is going on currently. Oh, did you man. fill out a bracket at all
3: anywhere? I don't because you don't do it. I typically always will lose when there's some sort of money or pool inv- inv- yes. involved. So yeah, like for instance, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I will never bet. I'm filling out my fan, When I'm filling in my fantasy football rosters, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will um, avoid picking Green Bay players. So I could have the opportunity to pick um, up Rodgers, yeah, yeah. and I won't I do it mean. because I'm the jinx of the
0: century. Last year was the first year in my life that I did... Well, not my life, but in the last like 10 years that I did not do any fantasy baseball, any fantasy football. Like, totally cleared my fantasy yeah. schedule. And... Uh, I have to say that I think the problem is that because I'm like 33, uh, I only remember players from like a certain era and I don't know any new players anymore yeah, so it's hard. Like, tra- it's hard yeah, to keep track I don't know anymore I'm just picking up guys from like five years ago I'm like hey it's uh yeah, he it's was good guy. he used to be good what's what was he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. last year he had 80 yards but that's okay well it's funny too because I think people like who went back and listened to the, the podcast we did earlier this week where we went me and Justin uh, from Made in Utica broke yeah. down our bracket we made like a, a consensus Made in Utica Uticast bracket and as I watched the tournament I'm sitting here. I'm watching like ten games of teams I've never seen. I have no idea who they are. I'm like, man, I wish I had paid any attention to these teams because like yeah. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm
3: so bad at picking out brackets. I thought I would be clever and have like the strategy of so my ex girlfriend at the time, mm. uh, I asked her, and I'm saying this not because she's a woman, but because she is just not very. Basketball. In basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, hey, uh, why don't you pick my bracket? Yep. And mm-hmm. she broke it down by mascot. Now, some people do, color, the do it. color, so they say, mascot. okay, so the orange versus, I don't know, whatever the hell, Baylor's... Uh, the, the Bulls. Mascot. The Baylor the bulls. bulls. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, whatever. The Bulls were mightier than the orange, I guess. Uh, yeah, year.
0: who would win in a fight between an orange and a bull, <laughs> like, like, I guess that's a lot of the questions. I'm question. pretty sure
3: that's self-explanatory. <laughs> Which, I want to say on a side note, I want to give uh, Maiden Utica, all you oh, guys, thanks, man. mad props. Mm, because, um, is that what kids are saying nowadays? man? No, props. but it's, it's funny you say that, because <laughs> one of the guys in Maiden Utica, my yeah. buddy Zach, uh, runs a photo
0: company called Mad Prop so he'll make some he'll he'll take some some joy out of that that is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah I also well, please, I also
3: use uh, word as a, as a response now. I use I still okay so the, you're,
0: I'm a little bit older than you uh, according to my my uh, professional research I did before you came <laughs> in uh, but I still there are some things that I still say that I feel like are outside the realm of modern uh, like slang I, st- I don't say gnarly anymore that was a thing from yeah, a that's time that's a good one that's a time I still say dope I guess dope, dope is. pretty I'm trendy. a nasty guy like, nasty, oh, that is nasty nasty Um, I was gonna say, like that car. Wow, that's a nasty. nasty car. See, I still say mad as mm-hmm. a description of how much of something there is. There's a massive amount. There's mad tomato pie in the kitchen right now. I, and I think there was a, mad tomato <laughs> pie in the kitchen. No, I actually I swear to God, there is mad tomato is, pie Is that from Roma's? That is from Napoli's. Okay. It was, well, it's all good. I don't want to be insulting a, I, anybody's tomato Listen, pie. I'm not here to rag on anyone's tomato pie. I'm historically a Roma's guy. If I'm going to okay, get tomato all right, pie. We'll the,
3: Okay, yes. My all mom right.
0: tells me that I'm a crazy person, and that I should go down to Mohawk Street and go to Danielle's
3: because they have the sneaky tomato pie. But I yeah. never think to go down that way. I like Roma's because the mm. sauce is sweet, and yeah, yeah. the cheese-to-sauce mm. ratio is good. That's true. Then and they Daniels, have a little more sauce than you are almost comfortable a little with, bit too but much. it's but it's just enough.
0: See, I think Danielle's is the opposite of that. It's almost like a drier tomato pie. It's like you want a focaccia
3: bread-style almost style exactly. tomato pie. But what uh, I was saying before no, we got go off yeah. on the wonderful <laughs> tomato pie tangent, because that's what it is. Uh, is I wanna give you guys mad props to all that you do and thanks, um, it's really awesome to see other young people thanks, man. Kind of championing championing the city. Um, uh, when we have so many people that have been around here for a long time and thanks, man. I may get myself into trouble saying this, but you know, people have been here forever that have only seen the negativity, so oh, that's yeah. all that they anticipate. It's a it's a
0: generational thing. I really do I really, really do think that there was a shift that happened. Because when I left, um, I'm a little bit older than you again, as I mentioned. I yeah. left in 2007, eight ish. And even at that point in time, a lot of people I knew were like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm gone. Like, peace. Heading out, Brooklyn, uh, Rochester, yeah. whatever, someplace that's not here, right? Right. Um, and honestly, I came back in 2015. So that's a, you know, six, seven, seven, eight years, maybe, all things considered. And it really did feel like a totally different. Place. And I don't, I can't exactly pinpoint what changed and how that mentality changed. I, I'd like to say that I hope Justin and Kate and everyone in Bayon Utica had something to do with that. But actually, before mm-hmm. I came back, but it is nice to have. I really. By the time I came back, I was like, God, I hope there's something for me to do. Everyone seems to be doing something. To yeah. do
3: All of a sudden, when you have the groups, uh, mm-hmm. you know that are that are really positive, like you have Made in Utica, mm-hmm. and you know Megan McGrogan's doing great. Oh yeah. At yeah. the chamber, mm-hmm. the Catalyst Group, and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um. That is a great supplement to the projects that are being done. Mm. So you go, you introduce Rob Ash. I mean, he's kind of like the epitome of somebody that left yeah. and came back mm-hmm. and decided to, to put his stamp on on things in a and positive all way. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's I know, everywhere, but in, in, you know, but in some way, yeah. I mean, look, think of the That's restaurants true. that he's brought back. Oh, yeah. uh, what he's done to the to the odd is transformational and. You know, I think that the, with the catalyst holding events there and being involved with mm. things that they're involved with, it only it only helps the growth.
0: Well, did you when you were growing up? Like you went to uh, we're going to talk about like Notre Dame High School and stuff in yeah. a little bit and that. But did, when you were growing up, was there? Did you mm. remember there
3: being a negative like connotation around the city growing? Oh, up? I think I think I heard it. Yeah, yeah. you think you hear? It. I mean, you you don't remember specifics, but I mean, I just think that there wasn't as much going on. You know, they had the Prowlers, So I'm, look, I'm talking oh, from God, a hockey prowlers. standpoint because what is something? I mean, oh, even man. like the loss of the Blue Sox, uh, when they left, yeah. when they, you know, when Cal Ripken Jr. God love him, he still comes to the area. You still say eats that at Ventura, so. You say that, but people in Utica are they hold a lot of grudges
0: against Cal Ripken. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what the heck? People <laughs> he hate him. I can't. You, you they can't. sold the team and
3: moved to like I if, don't know Minnesota. Or if
0: something. I went on the Utica's Twitter right now and just wrote in like.
3: Free Cal Ripken, I would get a lot <laughs> of hate. Like, people would be
0: angry with me. I
3: will say um, he does come to town in his yeah, yeah. defense and he eats at Ventura's a lot. He seems to be in on the joke. I've heard a lot. A lot yeah. of people seem to be like, uh, he seems to be aware of it, right, when he walks and I, I guess I appreciate that. And, you know, I mean, Utica baseball and the Blue Sox have a rich, hitch, uh, oh. rich history. Bill Murray, mm-hmm. uh, his brother Brian Doyle Murray mm-hmm. was a, was an owner. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of a
0: lot of Major League Baseball players actually made their way through there. Larry Walker, Mike Cameron, yep. uh, Josh Wilson over the years. Ken Brett spent Ken a lot Brett, of time
3: yeah. here. It, it was, was my. It was actually interestingly enough, I got to give my uh, my the name of the book, my aunts and uncles a little bit of, uh, of a <laughs> shout out here because they. So there were seven on my mom's side, mm. including her. Sure. Wow. And they lived yeah. in a small house on Sherman Place.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. West Utica. There. Yeah. yeah.
3: And they is. would have blue blue Sox players stay with them, one of really? them being Ken Brett, who wow. is now deceased. But he's the brother of George Brett, Hall really? of Fame Royals player. So it's cool. My mom has an autograph uh, that because George, it was actually the year of the strike. Yeah, yeah. And the, that summer, George Brett was going to come to Utica, mm-hmm. and the strike ended. He wasn't able to come, so he sent my mom, who was younger at the mm-hmm. time, a note that said, "Hey, Mar, sorry <laughs> I missed yeah, you, yeah, yeah. George Brett." <laughs> so that's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, so, but there's, I mean, there, like you yeah. said, there's a rich history. Well, about funny, I'll give you a Udica good story. I
0: worked for the Utica Blue Sox. I was 13 years old. I okay. I was a bat boy. Me and my friend Brendan Kane. Shout out to Brendan Kane. That is um, cool. We were bat boys for the Utica Blue Sox. And I, as much as it seems like a dope job, it was actually not that great. <laughs> because, you know, it's a single-A baseball team. So you were asked to do a lot. I was sweeping out dugouts, I was cleaning up gardens. Those were like, clean, I bet. No. But I'll tell you, I'll give you my favorite story. Like I got to hang out in the clubhouse, which is kind of cool. That was yeah. the coolest part about being, you get to hang out with like the guys and they're all like young dudes playing baseball. And this is kind of an embarrassing story. I had to use the gentleman's room and it's a pretty much an open locker room. So there's these two stalled bathrooms and I go and I sit in one of the bathrooms. Oh, okay. And there's What's another dude sitting in the other stall, right? And let's just, the polite way I can say this is, I passed gas while in the bathroom. Yeah, that's a tough right? thing. Yeah, And I hear the guy in the stall next to me go,
1: <laughs>
0: and he's laughing, and I'm like, damn it. That's your worst fear. And I'm bro. like, oh, God. And he yells over to the other stall, like, hey, hey, Flaherty, is that you? And Flaherty was a guy on the team. And I was like, nope, this is a bad boy. And he goes, <laughs> hang on a second. And I swear to God, this hand comes up from under the stall, and there's a spray can of like aerosol spray, and he starts spraying oh my me God. under the can. Like, spray. I'm like, no, <laughs> he's like spraying me with the aerosol. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. And that's like my defining memory, just being yes. bullied by single A baseball players when I was 13 year old. Great moment. Yeah. Uh, I am sad though, because I know we've. We've gone 10 minutes. I haven't even introduced that I'm speaking with Andrew Derminio of, of yeah. uh, WIVX, of River Hills Media, uh, River Hills Properties, Town Square Media. You're a renaissance man. Uh, but yeah, I think it's... Thank you. Okay. But I think... We're talking about the Blue Sox, apparently. It used to be, when I was growing up, not even if you went to watch the game, it was just a place to go. Like people, right. there were all these groups of people meeting up there, and like young kids and old folks, and even if it wasn't like the best baseball all the time, especially toward the end... Yeah. Um, It meant something that it was here, and that it was active, and that it was a thing that people did sort of still care about in in a way when... Now kids, I don't think, play baseball, I think is really the problem. You know,
3: I was talking with my buddy, uh, Dave Kaiser, who's actually Mm -hmm. uh, a West Utica Little League legend. Nice, classic. And if he hears this, (laughs) he'll appreciate that. But um, we were actually just having that conversation... Because the the Utica Little Leagues now are merging or whatever, really, so they're not going to have huh. West Utica with teams. Yeah, it's be South Utica
2: Little League. Yeah, South so, Utica, yeah. They're going to all yeah. be kind of That's in one kind of Utica, which is, is in it a way
3: because they it don't numbers. have enough kids. Yeah, it's numbers, I think.
0: I have to say, I work in education now, and I'm a big time uh, soccer mark. I love Liverpool. Yeah. I love the Premier League. I like watching all kinds of soccer. Have you
3: been to UCFC games? Yet? Yes, oh, I was, so I, I, fun.
0: We went down uh, for Justin's birthday a
3: couple weeks ago. Oh, we, nice! We, yeah. we got the beer down garden the, in the beer garden. Yeah, and you can get yourself in trouble down there. I
2: am a, I am a, I'm a heckler. Right when I'm, down oh, there, there you go. But
0: I'm a classic. But I'm a, I'm a heckler in the way that I don't say anything like atrociously mean. I say right. really obvious stuff. Yes. Like, uh, I made fun of some guy down there last time on the team because I was like, you didn't finish getting your haircut. Like, why did you leave that straight? You know what I mean? Like, weird stuff, right? And and I liked...
3: But uh, like, well, see, know, that's the effect of heckling because yes. it makes the, that person think about it a yeah, little they're thinking, And they get distracted even for a second, which in a sport like soccer is uh, I really enjoyed enough. the games, though, by
0: the way. Like, I... I kind of, because I'm a Premier League guy, because I've watched Liverpool since the mid-2000s, yeah. I was a little bit pretentious about it at first. Like, oh, oh is I'm this sure, like yeah. indoor soccer? Uh, going to hit it off the wall? And then I'm watching, I'm like, yo, these guys are great. They're hitting it like, off the like, wall. This is crazy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it really helped to see it live. I think that, you know, I actually went and watched the game back on YouTube, weirdly. Mm-hmm. You can watch all the games on YouTube, like, the day afterwards. And it's felt pretty good, but, like, when you watch it live, to watch like the angles and the speed, which is something like with all sports, yeah. to see it live, you get to see something a little bit, a little bit different that you wouldn't expect on TV. Those cameras take a little something away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've gotten way off track. We're already 12 minutes. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, no, no, that's that's the way this show goes, brother. Uh, Andrew Derminio, uh I've heard your name uh, mostly from Town Square Media stuff, and I'd seen River Hills property stuff on Facebook. But we sort of ran each- across each other, kind of for the first ish time this week when we were both. Uh, honored with Genesis Group uh, twenty nineteen Striving for Success Honorary Awards. Congratulations to yourself, to you as well. Thank you, sir. Uh, That's not pretentious at all. Uh, <laughs> did you is. Did
3: you know? Bef- did you know that you were getting the award? How long before did you know you were getting it? Uh, I found out that I would be receiving the award when uh, Ray D'Urso sent the email. Around. So he sent the email. So, so it was a total yeah, yeah, yeah. shock to me. Well, you know you were being nominated. I guess I did. You, you did know. not know, and um, so I went to. Maybe some of the obvious people, like, yeah. Mom, did you nominate <laughs> me for this award? No, yes. she didn't. I don't think she did. But, um, no, so I went to my boss, Karen, at, at Towns... Karen Carey, our GM at, RGM at uh, Town Square Media. She was a rock star, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she runs a really tight ship there, but it's a fun ship. Mm-hmm. Um so I went to her and I'm like did you did you get me this award and she said no but that's great email me the letter and I'm like oh my goodness okay it's you know it's beginning and then so I went to my broker and owner of River Hills Properties and I thought maybe they had done it mm. no so and I was talking to people like geez I really want to know and my aunt Becky who's the one who actually presented me at the words the awards Becky Ruffing um, oh nice she, she you know she's familiar because she's not a trustee for the Genesis group. Right, right right and she said she's not allowed to she doesn't know who nominated me, mm-hmm. and she's not allowed to tell me, but I figured, you know what, it's it's kind of nice this person wanted to do it anonymously. Honestly, yeah. And uh, the, I thank that person, whoever it is. The person who
0: did it for me tried to be anonymous. <laughs> they tried. They, they sent me a message. They're like, hey, what's your email address? I was like, okay, here it is. Yeah. Why? And they're like, oh, full disclosure, I'm nominating you for an award. And I think my response at the time was, cool, don't tell me what it is. Because if you tell me what it is, I'll start looking online and be like, what's this award all about? I got to yeah, know more right. about what this is. Do I want it? Do I I'm not sure? If I <laughs> I mean. like, um, so it was genuinely surprising I have to say, from my perspective, and you know, you give a really nice speech. They kind of told us to go like two minutes. I blew right past it. Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> I was. That's why I had to write it. Yeah, yeah. And I read it kind of fast because yeah. I was like, I want to make sure to.
0: I kind of have a hard
3: time though
0: doing the like the thank you very much thing. It I'm not like I'm not. This is not the kind of guy I am. Like I'm also not the kind of guy to do well with like receiving any sort of award. This whole thing. Was I'm glad tough. you said it because yeah. the two of us are yeah. you know
3: here talking about it without yeah. anybody else, so we can kind of be honest it's with much each much other much. about it. Is. There, you know, and I'm so appreciative of it, and um, it is an honor. But it almost gets to be, you know, like almost like nervous. You get it was nervous. Ner-
0: I was more nervous afterwards because of all the people who were like reaching out and being like, "Congratulations, congratulations!" And I had to be like, "Thanks," which I you're never appreciative know- of. Yeah, you don't I don't want to come off the wrong way, I'm or- not like great at social media. That's really the end of this. Like my mom, <laughs> I'll give you a good example. My mom posted the picture that the Genesis Group posted on Facebook, right? And she posted it on her Facebook page, and she got all sorts of comments on it. So instead of me. Commenting on hers. I just reposted the the thing. I said, Hey, thanks to the Genesis group. And then she got confused. She's like, You didn't comment on any of the things that I posted. I'm like, I also posted it. I'm not gonna like <laughs> I'm not gonna keep reposting everything for nine and a half hours. Yeah. Uh but I I have to say, a lot of for years I've always been sort of like, I don't need a pat on the back, I don't need an attaboy, I would do this regardless. Right. It was nice though, for the first time in a long time, to be like, hey, maybe I'm not yelling into the void. Maybe there actually is Something out, someone out there who gets something from this, who enjoys it. And if that's the case, if that's what this award means, that there are people out there who uh, get something, whether it's beneficial emotionally, whatever it is yeah. from this show, that I'm more than happy to accept it and it's very honorable.
3: And if anything, too, and I look at all the people that were up there, and you know, I had kind of either heard about in some capacity or come and yes. cross paths with everybody that was up there. Knew, yeah. And you know, there wasn't anybody up there that I was like. It didn't feel it, it, like this. Anyone. I mean, these people all do tremendous things, and I'm almost kind of looking to the next person I, that would be up and be like, "What? What did they get pick pick me for?" It's imposter you know? syndrome. syndrome. I'm like, all these people are doing way
0: more stuff than I am. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that. Like everyone else's bio, I'm reading the first person who went up. I forget who it was, but they listed she was the professor from Herkimer College. Yeah, they yeah. listed off all her stuff. I was like. Get out of She's here, making, man.
3: like, biological discoveries yeah. in other parts of the world. I'm like, I interview libertarian governor candidates. Like, I don't know. It's a very different cycle. Well, which is, well, thing, which I, is an important thing. Which is an important thing. It was quite a moment. Really. Uh, Larry's, Larry's an interesting
0: guy. Uh, I will say, and just I'll leave it at this, I grew
3: up with professional wrestling. So part nice. of me... Did you go last night to the WWE? I did not go
0: because I had to work an event. Although a lot of Maiden Utica was there. And if you saw Katie and Justin from Maiden Utica with their March Madness sign, I made that sign. <laughs> I made all <laughs> of Don't it. Don't let them take any credit. No, because Justin came over and tried to pass that... He He'd gone to the house and tried to pass the sign off on Katie. Can you make me a sign? And she said... No, I'm taking a nap. Wake me up before the show, right? So yeah. he comes down here, and he, gives, and he just busts into my house like it's some big opportunity. Like, <laughs> dude, check it out. You're going to make this sign for me. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. No, but I'm a big wrestling guy, so part of me during that speech kind of wanted to do a heel turn at the end, like I wanted to. Like, like, <laughs> just I couldn't help myself. Right? I wanted to put some wrestling line in there. Uh, let's move past that. Uh, I want people to get to know a little bit about you. I did a little bit of research, Andrew, before you came in. Uh, so let's start from where you're initially from, uh, besides being both, I th- weirdly, and I'm going to start right here, I thought you were older than me when I did the original uh, sign-up because you're taller than me. Okay. And I don't know why I assumed that height and age are connected in some way, but you're both taller uh, and younger than me, so uh, screw you. That's my starting point <laughs> right now, uh, initially. Well, no. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I'll also
3: probably be gray and bolder before you, well, so. I'm getting gray in the beard. I shaved my beard off because the, not not all the way off, but it was starting to get a little. On the gray side. Plus, that's okay. It's a very distinguished look. It's better than balding, I think. No offense to anybody no it's true. balding. No, it's I'm true. sorry. It's the struggle, but we've had. I would take about the gray hair that. over no hair for yeah, sure, um, without a doubt. So, uh, Andrew, you went
0: to Notre Dame High School. Yes. Yeah,
3: so, but I, I want to say I. Uh, I've, I moved around a lot, actually. So where were so you born? I was born here in Utica, mm-hmm. and then I went to—I actually went to Watson Williams Elementary. Really School, nice. Yeah, yeah from yeah, yeah. kindergarten to fifth grade. Yeah. They used to so. kill us in basketball when I played at John. F. Oh, Hughes. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was not somebody that got a lot of starting time on the no, uh, on the Dick Miller Watson Williams team. I, well, <laughs> one of the dudes on the Dick Miller Hughes team yeah. went to play for Syracuse. Oh, and, was Josh Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was on that Dick Miller team, I thought we were good at basketball. I was like, hey, we're <laughs> yeah. kinda good. Like we keep winning
3: all these games even though he's scoring ninety yeah. percent of our points. But yeah, it's yeah. really just Josh. Yeah. So you went Watson Williams playing you were just doing your thing out there? Yeah, so I went to Watson Williams and uh be- you know, and it was you know it was such a uh, an awesome experience for me. Um, Did you have family around you growing up, brothers and sisters, or were you only? Child? I was the older. I was the older. Always the older sibling. Older sibling. So yeah, yeah. I have a younger sister, Abby, and she's actually a Sainte's college of nursing. Oh, nice. oh. So she's doing that right now. She's 22, I think. Oh, nice. I'm really bad, young bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah young bucks. Yeah. She's 22, and my sister Mary's. So that's um, um, hmm. my mom. We got remarried. Oh, okay. And my parents yeah, got yeah. divorced, and so Same. Yeah, yeah, and so she had. They had a daughter, Mary. Was, I love to death. She's awesome. She's, she's 13, 14 in that territory. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm bad at remembering my siblings' ages for some reason. But she's like on the verge of like, you know, she wants to do musical therapy, but she's like awesome. She could do whatever she wants and be amazing. I um, also want to ask you a question real quick, just
0: because, you know, I, during my speech during the event last week, uh, my mom kind of got edgy because I I seemingly was kind of harsh on my old man, apparently, she said. Like, I made oh, a joke well. about my old man. Uh, I wasn't trying to give him a hard time. Like I, I, we are closer now. But it growing up with divorced parents did have like an effect on me. I was. I'm just
3: curious. What, how old
0: were you when your parents got divorced? Uh,
3: I was 12. And it wow, actually, that's a tough age. It was, but honestly, um, and I'm pretty open about. I'm a yeah, pretty yeah. open person. about a lot yeah. of different things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's still going. Yeah, still going. Okay. It's still going. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's. Yeah, Sorry, like, I just wanted to make No, sure. no, no, you're good, you're good. I, I, I hate the frustration of the technical difficulty. Oh, dude, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so um, my parents got divorced when I was 12. But to me, I always looked at it as it was the best for everybody. Mm. And I was lucky in the sense that my parents continued to be civil and stay, oh, nice. and stay friends. That's cool. And to this day, like, my dad hangs out. You know, not hangs now, out, but, right. like, can come around my mom and my stepdad and there's no... Ill will or anything like that. Uh, yeah, my my parents were not necessary, especially early on when the
0: divorce happened. They were not like that. Uh, I think over the years, as we've all gotten a little older, I mean, they don't they're not going out to get lunch or anything, but right. I think they've understood, especially my mom, that it's more important that for the kids that everyone's there than right. to be like petty and stuff. And they're not really. I think that's kind of a harsh thing too to say, but. It's not always easy for kids. I know for me, it kind of probably is kind of the reason that I've always been a little, like, gun-shy about getting married, right? I'm like, well, I don't
3: know about these marriages, right? 50-50, they, don't, they get breaking up, but... Well, it is tough now, and I think that a lot of that has to... I could get into, like, a whole theory about why that <laughs> is, but I think there's a lot of reasons. I think people in general kind of have small attention spans, so... Yes. Kind of makes a marriage tough, but yeah, I think. That's but no, a I think in in, in some ways, do you feel that you were better? I mean, as hard as it was at the time for your parents to ha- go through the divorce, that they're better, they were better people apart, and that oh yeah, oh no, one hundred
0: thousand percent. They never should have. They never should have stayed together as long as they did. I don't know mm-hmm. what. Uh, they if you met the two of them individually, you'd go, I don't get it, right? I don't, I, I don't, right. I don't see yeah, it, yeah, it's right? Um, I will say, I think the most important part for me was. And I'm, I'm a relatively serious-ish guy, and I always have been for the most part, unless I'm doing the show. Yeah. I think a lot of it is you grow up and you have to sort of take on a little bit more of that, like, adult responsibility at an early age. Like, you're sort of forced to be a bit more self-reliant and a bit more uh, self-aware. Than and maybe that contributes otherwise. to the yeah. people that you and I are today. I think it does, too. I think creative types... I, you, if you're a creative type, I think... And if you're the kind of person who I know you are... Who chases a lot of different stuff? Yeah. You seem to be doing lots of different things. I think it. I think there is probably some sort of connection there. I always said over the years, that's why I like like wrestling and superheroes and Godzilla because I'm always looking for some like over the top male role yeah. model. If Godzilla is a male, who knows? Uh, but he's a big lizard. Uh, <laughs> I, I think though. I was drawn at a young age to these big, over the top, sure. like powerful figures of like masculine. Energy, of right? Like I think that definitely had an effect because I grew up with like mostly surrounded by women because my dad wasn't around as often. Yeah, right? it's just the reality of
3: it. And so. I'll just say, and uh, qu- quickly on oh, this no, topic is like I I really do love my father, but I also am, am benefited in the fact that my stepfather oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. has had a tremendous oh, yeah. tremendous impact on my life as well, mm-hmm. and I and I don't have to feel bad about. Yeah. Loving them both equally. I
0: think it was good. To, yeah, I think that's a fair point, too. I said it during my speech. My dad, my stepdad, actually, if you go by the numbers, has been around, like, with my mom way longer mm-hmm. than my dad and mom were together. So, you know, I notice I pick up a lot of my stepdad's traits. Yeah. His crummy music and his <laughs> style of clothing and his glasses and such. But, all right, let's get back to, away from the I was a little heavy. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame High School, you're going there.
3: What's your... What kind of student are you? What were you what kind of kid were you? Troublemaker? Were you feuding all the new York Mills kids? I sort of rivalry. <laughs> no, actually, but we on the cross country team, instead mm. of running, we used to go and sneak over to New York Mills football oh, yeah. field and play you know, pick up football oh, yeah. and <laughs> Mr. Morrisrow would find us and make us run more because we wouldn't we wouldn't run. But mm. no, I, I was a type of student where again, much like kinda how I am now, yeah. I like to be involved in a lot of things. Sure. So my grades kind of took a I was an 82, 83 student when I graduated. Yep. But, you know, I was involved with theater and I did ROTC and I did a lot of community service and stuff like that. So, and I was involved in my church. Uh, I was involved in my church a lot then. So, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of things on top of school. And I ran cross country and, and played tennis. So, so I think we, we're kind of, I don't want to get too like, wishy-washy here, a little bit of a
0: kindred spirit type thing going on. Right. Here. I think that, going to Proctor, I think that I was a musical theater kid, I ran cross-country, I played lacrosse, I hung around with, like, art kids and right. music kids, and I played guitar. I think there's a certain type, you know, guys like us, I think sometimes you're looking for a lot of different things. You don't know exactly what you want, but you want to figure it out, and there's something driving you out there to find it, whatever it is, and you end up sort of throwing stuff against the wall and seeing, like, what are these things is
3: hitting for me right well that's that's kind of what has led me down every road yeah. that i've ever that's kind of gotten me to where i am today because mm-hmm. i've always just kind of had these opportunities these awesome opportunities be presented to yeah. me and i've always just said yes mm. you know so when i would you know for instance i was in high school and so the connection of how i met bill keeler who uh mm. i do the show with every day um he's He's become. You talk about those male influences in oh, yeah. your life. Bill has been that for me in a lot of ways, and I respect him tremendously. He's an amazing talent. Oh, yeah. um, he can be quite controversial, mm-hmm. you know, with some things. But but at the same time, that's his kind job. too yeah. yeah. That's his job, and I I, I dare anybody to challenge his mm-hmm. love for this area. Oh yeah. And so he's kind of influenced me on that way. I mean, no matter what his style of show has been. And no matter what politician he may have pissed off that day, <laughs> he he always first and foremost believes in the area mm. and does a lot, has has done a lot with, you know, years of toy drives and things like that and raising funds. I mean, the Flint water drive that yeah. he did, that was a an idea. He was sitting around and said, geez, these people in Flint, they're, like, being devastated by this water mm. crisis. What can we do? And the next thing we know, we got all these plans in the works. Shenatry's is stepping up, Te- uh, Teal's tractor-trailer, and we're, we, we ship three and a half truckloads of bottle of water to Flint, you know? I think, you know, it's, too, it's funny with a guy like him,
0: too, and uh, I wanted to get into a little this later, but we can talk about it now. <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's good. I have, no, no, no. And I think what's interesting, I, I said hello to him at the, at the event, and he's the kind of guy who I've met in so many different contexts. I've been around Utica for so long yeah. whether it's playing in bands, I used to do television stuff with like WBU back in the day. Yeah. I ran across him numerous times since I've been like 16, 17, 20, 25, whatever it was, and I never think he's gonna remember who I was. So I was kinda of surprised when he's like stopped and said hello to me at the yeah. thing. But he's the kind of guy uh, like, it was like when Genesee Joe came out of the show a couple years ago. Like he's done so much for the air. He's been here so long that if I interviewed him for the show, I feel like it would take like three hours. Like, yeah, you would get. have to it would have to be like
3: a three part episode. <laughs> exactly. You'd have to you'd have to break it out. Yeah. But that's because he's got so many stories of mm-hmm. like, you know, you know and some of the stuff that he was able to pull off locally and, and, and things like mm-hmm. that. It's just uh He's had some of the legendary stunts, you know, from the Ed Hanna resignation letter oh, yeah. to the to the baby on the the baby carriage on the on the roof of the car, you know, which was, it didn't have oh, a baby yeah. in it, but you oh, know, I that just the actually, idea though, that totally. some somebody was driving around with their baby. And yeah, yeah, they left I their remember that actually car. though. God, that's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. but All you right. know what's funny, and, and I'll just say this real quick about Bill is that so you know with the whole Utico D thing, you know, for the longest time, yeah. I think there were certain people in leadership that didn't like him, um, but yeah. then when he went to IBX. He kind of understood what that role was. Mm-hmm. And he kind of... He never changed who he was, but he kind of changed his approach to the show. Yeah, And uh, and that's why I think he gained a lot of respect from people yeah, that maybe I he hadn't had before. Because I have to say, growing up uh, in the area and hearing his name,
0: I think a lot of times when people would talk about him, it was a controversial discussion. Yeah, And like, now oh, it's like... Sh- either yeah, you love him or hate him. Right, yeah. yeah it was like a stern type situation. Yeah. And now actually, I think... Stern I hate to make Stern the analogy because it's the obvious analogy for every person who's ever been on the radio yeah uh, but I do think that as as he's gotten older and as the audience that listens to him's gotten older I think you he doesn't seem like the kind of person that he was 10 years ago in terms of the way people perceive him I don't know if he's a right. different guy or anything I didn't, I don't know him that well but the perception of him is a guy who is much more you know, His word carries a lot more weight than it did when people are like, "Oh, what a controversial guy." I think it's impressive that he's been around for so long and keeps that that respect, whatever platform he goes to.
3: I hate to to kind of throw you a left field analogy, but he's like Paul McCartney in a way Mm -hmm. that Paul McCartney has been able to uh, remain, and obviously he, he just. By being yeah. who he is, he yeah, can he remain it. relevant, but he's been able to adapt his voice, his singing style, <laughs> yeah, so that he is yeah. always mm-hmm. kind of staying relevant in that regard. But the reason I brought Bill into it is so, that's kind of where it was my start, and and we were talking about like kind of the, the decisions that we've made, the paths yeah, yeah. that we've decided to kind of take. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan Nobles, who's now working at CNN, he's a Washington correspondent, used to be on KTV, mm-hmm. he was a, a member, a parishioner at Our Lady of Lords, sure. and one day him and Father Joe were talking. And I was the sacristan at Lords at the time. And I came up to, I had to ask Father Joe a question. I said, sorry to interrupt. And he said, oh, no problem. This is Ryan. And, you know, that's when I first met Ryan. And, uh, he's, and you know, Father Joe had told Ryan that I was interested in radio. One thing led to another. Ryan's like, I know Bill. Boom. And I interned. I was an intern with Bill at, the, at uh, 92.7 nice. for a few years. Interned at him when I was 16 in high school. So I would go do the show and then go to high school. And then um, you know sometimes I'd help afterward. And then in the summer for a couple of years, he hired me as a producer. So we kind of always kept in touch. And that's kind of what led me back mm. to WIBX is when I moved to Nashville, not to jump around, but I moved back from Nashville. Uh, Bill's wife, Allie, said, hey, Andrew's moving back. Mm. You should call him. And that's what kind of got my foot was in the door. Uh, that was in 2013 when 2013. I moved back.
0: Now I gotta ask because I want to get I want to get past it because you went to Lemoyne College yeah uh, for communications you're a dolphin I suppose that yeah
3: once a dolphin once a dolphin always a dolphin uh, communications was
0: the major was the plan at that point in time to do some sort of television radio no no uh, initially it was so mm-hmm. I
3: got into I was gonna originally go to Herkimer College mm-hmm. which um, is notorious for you know, having like a radio really good yeah, radio TV department. which it's tr- a you shame, know tr- yeah I know. Know. dude we've talked about that in the
0: show so we, I have so many friends. Who went to other big, like video editors in New York, uh, production guys who yeah. w- would argue to this day that it's a better program than Syracuse because you can you can get working on a camera from day one. You don't have to wait until junior year to touch like a, a mixing board, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and
3: all that was true, and even yeah. not to the day that it ended. But you know, you look at like the jobs that were around here and available mm-hmm. herkimer college you know you know in a good way had to adapt to that so mm-hmm. their numbers were kind of down and they looked at it unfortunately as a math no, I, know. I think it's, as a mathematical it's a shame it just, it is i just i spent yeah. a lot of time up there so i'm
0: definitely <coughs> certainly biased and i of wish course, there was a way yeah. they could have like well they
3: had a freaking sports a, a yeah. media truck yeah. that they could have done in all the games and stuff that um, but getting back to LeMoyne, sorry i'm trying to get no, yeah, myself yeah. back on track here um went so when I got into Lemoyne there the way their communications degree worked is that you picked a concentration. So mm-hmm. it was a general communications and I was going to do TV radio and then something inside me and doing my research I was like, God, there's no money in TV radio." Yeah. So yeah. I switched That's my concentration <laughs> to public relations. That's still true by yeah, the way. Nah, yeah, not yet. That is still true. 100% true. Um but you know, I so I concentrated in um public relations and actually didn't do much radio TV stuff. Yeah. At Lemoyne, my a lot of my focus was shifted on my acting mm-hmm. and the theater program there. Mm-hmm. So I would do all my academics and stuff like that, but I had a lot of my you know, industry training with Bill yeah, all yeah, those yeah. years. For sure, you know, uh, video production, video editing, uh, audio, the radio business, running boards. You know, I was you know there was a few times that when they used to broadcast at Serenade Thursday. Here I am, a 17, 18-year-old kid running the board back at the studio. So I was getting all that technical training early on. So let me see if I can track this correctly before I move forward. So you go to LeMoyne. Yep. You'd already work
0: with Bill a little bit. Worked with that. Bill
3: in high school, yeah. After LeMoyne, is this where you go to the Disney College program? So yeah, actually the Disney College program was something that I kind of took a little bit of a risk on because yeah. a buddy of mine who went to LeMoyne with me... Um, he was kind of not really feeling LeMoyne, I think. Sure. So he was kind of maybe looking to feel yeah. his options out. So it was this, it was my sem- my senior year, first semester that I did the Disney College program. So yeah, yeah. I had to take... LeMoyne did... Now, what that program basically is designed mm-hmm. to do is there's a lot of colleges across the country that offer it. Yeah. So it's part of that That's core true. curriculum for them.
0: And for a lot of folks who uh, listened to the show in the past, uh, we may have discussed, I have a least... Three close friends who live in Utica, including one who's in the green room right now, who's also done this program. This is not a. This is not some crazy program. Like, this it's
3: Pretty common, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. in a lot of different ways. It kind of, it kind of revealed some of the secrets of Disney to me. Yeah, that was were kind of made. like behind the scenes that were kind of shady. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm not going to take away from the fact that it's an awesome yeah. corporation and, yeah. and they really. It's an awesome place to work and and it was an awesome experience. Yeah. But I took the risk because LeMoyne didn't offer the program. So I had to take a leave of absence to do the program. Interesting. Luckily, my freshman year, I, like, in traditional Andrew fashion, overwhelmed myself with classes. Um, So that allowed me to kind of still be able to graduate on time. So the Disney College program happened... Semester one of my senior, and that year. was Magic Kingdom. Do you remember what what were yeah. you working on? Oh yeah, I was quick service restaurant at Pecos Bills restaurant. Wow. So we had yeah, pay, it was basically Pick it wasn't it wasn't like I was like getting some kind of like customer service. I guess I was, but uh, I was in the trenches serving drinks, you know, getting yeah, kitchen, yeah. kitchen trained. I was flipping burgers on a broiler. I want to say my buddy Steve who's in the
0: in the green room out there. He was a pirate. On Pirates of the Caribbean, he's on Porches oh, yeah. or something. And then my other buddy Dano, shout out to my buddy Dano from the Famo on the Wookiee podcast from seven years ago. He used to do not the Jungle Cruise, but there was like uh, a ride in Epcot that was sort of like the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I like know gold. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he used to just sit on that boat and do like that thing. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah, those. Yeah. I
3: mean, that's the job that I kind of wish that I had. <laughs> but this was like, I remember that year, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I worked 27 hours. Mm-hmm. Oof. And there's a, there's an expression, the college program, they call us CPs. Yeah. That stands for Close the Park because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, Disney's yeah. smart because they have these. Now, it looks good on a resume. Sure. I got a lot of like very, like oh, yeah. very good. They train you to be very good with customer service and, you know, basically how businesses operate effectively and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, <clears throat> you know, th- so you, you lived in their apartments, you paid them rent, and they paid you. Yeah, so it's essentially—it's <laughs> <laughs> a scam. Yeah, it's—it's yeah, yeah. it's basically slave yeah, labor in a way. You. They got you know, it. That's, like that, that's
0: how. Well, I mean, that's again. These are not things that are uncommon. Like over the last five, ten years, I think there's been an uptick with people learning a bit more about yeah. Disney. Like I—I I think I just read a couple years ago about all the tunnels. Like Disney has all the tunnels underneath, which is
3: actually—I'll tell you a little. If every so a lot of people don't know this, but if you dig in Florida, you'll hit water. Yeah, that's yeah. why there's not a lot of basements. That's true. Yeah. So what actually Magic Kingdom is, yep. is built on the second floor of the mm-hmm. facility. Mm-hmm. So the tunnel underneath yeah. is actually the first floor. Yeah. And then they built the park on top of it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I actually did know that because I watched this crazy YouTube channel called Defunct Land, which oh, talks yeah. all about. Like old theme park rides in Disney parks, yeah. and I'm obsessed with it. And I know a bunch of stuff like that. But it's crazy! It's crazy how much control they had over that area. Like
3: what they they basically just bought all. Old... So what, yeah. what Walt Disney had to do, and if you walk down Main Street in Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom, yeah, um, you'll see like in the windows mm-hmm. he had all these dummy corporations. Yep. One of them being M T Lot M T yeah. L O T T Realty. <laughs> because if people knew in that Orlando yeah. Kissimmee area that he was buying up land for the park. Mm-hmm. they were going to charge him a fortune because he wanted that land. So mm-hmm. he had to kind of make up all these dummy corporations yeah. so that God, they hilarious. wouldn't, I mean, he was a brilliant, him and his brother, Roy, um, were really phenomenal business people, but mm-hmm. Disney was kind of the guy that was like, had these grandiose ideas and, and Roy had to be the one to kind of like reel them in. You know, he was like kind of the, you know, the one that had to like bring him down to earth in reality in some ways. Uh, I know we could talk about Disney forever. Yes. I'm Curious.
0: Oh, uh, this led to national was national after Florida. So for yeah, you? so yeah.
3: what happened was when I met. So I finished the Disney College Program without being termed, which mm-hmm. is kind of because like forty percent right. of the kids that go in that program they end up not yeah, finishing. For sure, you know? it's a lot of turnover. Oh yeah. Um, so I was <laughs> successfully completed the yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways you could get turned. Um, so I ended up getting through that and finished my uh, my my last and final semester of college, and while I was at Lemoyne, I decided that. Professional acting, man. That was going to mm. be it. That was that was what I was destined for. That's what I was going to do. Yeah. So a man that I met there uh, who was one of my professors in the theater department, Matt Chiarini, mm. wonderful man, super talented. He basically founded the Arkansas Shakespeare Theater, which is the professional Shakespeare company in Arkansas. Sure. Cool. Nice. Which
2: I got... I, got I saw your Facebook the, page a little about that, yeah, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. actually
3: kind of a cool uh, a cool experience. It was hotter than Hades there, mm. but... But he you know he kind of told me, Andrew, you know if you want to do this, I really believe in you that you could um, but don't go to like the city, don't go to Chicago, New York City you can get lost in the shuffle yeah. So there's actually a pretty cool theater scene in Nashville mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I did. I went down and actually, yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to lie, it, it was of my benefit that he was going to be directing a production of, of the old Scottish play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how some people feel about that, so I'll respect it. Yeah. You know, and for Nashville Shakespeare Theater, sure. which was a professional company. So I got paid to do that, mm-hmm. that he was directing, and that was really cool. And that opened my, you know, doors to other opportunities, like mm-hmm. to do the music video for Luke Bryan and, mm-hmm. you know, other other things. Um, but, you know, again, so there was a year, and I was literally, I moved, so I graduated college in May of 2012 at mm-hmm. Le Moyne. Moved down to Nashville that September. Mm-hmm. Stayed one calendar year. Yeah. So I moved down to Nashville on September 1st, 2012, and I ended up moving back September 1, 2013. Nice. Because I liked the acting scene. You know, I liked the projects that I had worked on, but it was just not for me. Yeah,
0: I think when I gave up on acting, quote unquote, yeah. outside of like doing the Maiden Utica stuff and just the fun, goofy videos we do, it was mostly because I'd gotten into music. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, in my young, teenage, adolescent brain, I said, Why would I, why am I going to perform somebody else's? Like, why am I going to pretend to be somebody else? I'll just write my own music. Yeah. And I'll sit out here with a guitar and I'll play it and it'll be dope, right? That'll be the whole, like, so I yeah. got kind of distracted from it. But I also think that when you're a creative type person, you're always chasing something. If it wasn't the acting, you'd probably have something else. You, were, you There's going to be something inside Which of you. Which is still the case. I yeah, always joke that case. I still
3: don't know what I want to do when I grow up.
0: Well, I got to say, uh, you are doing a play on April through the 7th. Yes. yes? Uh, my buddy is, Nick Avenator. Yeah, uh, uh, Prisoner of 2nd Ave. That's at the Uptown Theater. Are you doing it? Yeah,
3: and yeah. Uh, shout out to Devin and Brianna oh, for the best, what they're they? doing. Oh, um, it's, it's, it definitely was somebody like them that was going to need to kind of take it over and have the energy to transform the place back to what, what it needs to be. Okay. Uh, so I'm really honored to be doing that show. Um, my buddy Nick, <laughs> he's like, you know because I, I hadn't acted in like six years. Mm-hmm. Since I moved back from Nashville, yeah. I hadn't done a thing. And so he had really uh, wanted me to do it, and basically forced me into it. But I'm glad he did because it's it'll be a fun show. So if you have the opportunity,
2: and yeah,
0: I'll link it up. I gotta say, you know, Devin and Brianna, when I grew up, like a street over from me, I grew up on like Valentine Drive when I was a kid. Yeah, okay. So the Uptown Theater, growing up when it was a functional movie theater, was a very very important like, iconic landmark for me as, yeah. a, as a kid growing up in this era. I saw so many movies there. Movie, After, yep. You know, for years, that was kind of the image of me, of, like, Utica falling apart. So as I was getting older, like, look at this damn theater that I spent so much time in, just sort of right. sitting here. People open it, and they close it, and they open it, and they close it. And Devin and Brianna, it was so, so
3: happy. Yeah, the, sticky, so... the sticky floors yeah, in, the, in the theater, you know. <laughs>
0: um, so I want to come back to... Um, to Keeler for just a minute. So you get in with Keeler and you start working with him in 2013 as his townscore. Right, so yeah. what it,
3: what it, what had it happened was, so when I decided to move back from Nashville, he called me and said, hey, Ellie told me that you're moving, that was mm-hmm. his wife, uh, is his wife. Uh, Ellie said, you're moving back. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm not sure, because honestly, I was going to join the Peace Corps. Really? I was going to get like a nine to five, uh-huh. and it's never too late, I think, because the, <laughs> never the too Peace Corps yeah. takes people yeah. like when they're 60, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to like discover myself, Because there was a quote that I saw from Gandhi that really inspired me Mm. (laughs) that was like, of course, you know, who else? Um, But it said, to best know oneself is to get lost in the service of others. Mm. So it was kind of at a point, yeah, right? So I was kind of at a point in my life where I didn't know what I wanted. You know, I had given up, you know, kind of on this, you know, because I could, again, I I was kind of like in the rumblings of things. Like I could have tried to pursue it a little bit more, but... I had no family down there. You can make all the friends in the world, yeah. but without family, it's not. It's oh, not, yeah. It's very difficult. So, and I love this area. I genuinely was just like, you know, I missed the little, I miss the Boilermaker weekend. Yeah. I miss all that, you know? And then I come back, and they got the, that's when the comments were getting introduced. Well, you might stuff. have noticed this in Nashville. I was in Brooklyn at the time when I first started noticing, mm-hmm. you know, for these big giant
0: cities, these big population cities where everyone wants to go, and there's so much going on, it's really easy to get lonely. Because everyone there is kind of out for themselves and not into- Like I would walk from they one side to of Brooklyn yeah. to the other and not speak to a person because everyone's got headphones on or is just like, "Don't bother right. me." You probably want to hassle me or, you know. And there are people out there who want to like hassle you too. So you right. get it builds up that sort of callousness. And by the time I came back to Utica, there was definitely a transition period where I had to get used to like not being cynical immediately exactly. when I ran into somebody on the exactly. street. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And then with Nashville, it was kind of like the opposite in yeah. the sense that. Everybody was just kind of like, no, 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 no. you know, like yeah, yeah. they would kind of Infl- take their time. Yeah. You know, the highways, mm-hmm. because it was, you know, when all that highway infrastructure was built, the mm-hmm. city's population was little, and then the, it, the city exploded. So it was just a lot of just too muchness. Yeah, yeah. When Bill brought you in, what kind of role were you first doing? Initially? So I was l- literally hired. Uh, he was paying me out of pocket so sure. generously. And Gen- I thank yeah, him for that because the station didn't have the budget. You know, right. talk about radio people don't oh, make yeah. money. They didn't have the budget to hire me at the time, especially to do what he wanted me to do, and that was book the guests and screen the phone calls. Sure, which is something I was very familiar with. What I did is back that a production in the day. title would it be a yeah producer yeah producer yeah. So, you know, I would, you know, and I still I still to this day book all, book mm-hmm. most of the guests for yeah. the show. Um, so I was doing that, and then the management had kind of, you know, had seen, you know, had kind of seen my work ethic, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, working with Bill. And a position opened up on middays, the 10 to 3 slot on Big Frog.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they had done a voice track with me, and so Tadpole, who was the operations manager at the time, mm-hmm. and he's still the brand manager at Big Frog. Not that, isn't <laughs> Great it? name, it is. It's awesome. <laughs> and he kind of said, "Hey, would you also be interested in doing this mm-hmm. ten to three shift on Big Frog?" And you know, growing up in the area, I was always a big fan of radio, mm-hmm. of sure. and still sure. I am. Um, I was like, "Yeah, an air shift on Big Frog? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> the dream job, you know." <laughs> so then the station hired me. And so my, predom- my predominant job, according to them, was you know Andy Cash on Big Frog One Hundred Four from ten to three. But I was also still doing um, my work with Bill because Bill brought me in there. I'm not going to just exactly you know right. say hey you're Bill thanks for getting me in at. the door right yeah. thanks for getting me in the door but now I've got this other opportunity so I was doing both and that's what kind of transitioned me into the real estate venture. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask you about that. That was Mar- uh, 2019, March twenty nineteen. March twenty nineteen. You started with the real estate so, twenty seventeen. 20- 2018, I my mean, bad, 17, whatever, whatever it is. You, you know, know where it no, is, it's probably,
3: no, it probably is now, no, 17 because it, yeah, yeah, okay. it was, it was probably cool. two years. I've been in two years. <laughs> no, that's okay. Listen, and you know what? It's probably listed. I put yeah. it listed wrong somewhere. So well,
0: it's interesting because when I again, not to talk about Brooklyn again, that was a hot, not real estate necessarily, but like showing apartments and selling apartments. All of a sudden, it's huge it was there. a thing that people were jumping onto. Yeah, and I'm. And I'm curious, what why was real estate something that was interesting to you in
3: the first it, place? It always interested It always just kind of interested me. I've always been interested in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, but what really kind of did it for me? So, Bill and Robin Manjo, they own River Hills properties, mm-hmm. um, and I had really started to kind of get to know about the industry from them mm-hmm. because they're an advertiser with us on on WIBX with sure. Bill, and. I had met them a couple times, and in this, these are their words, not mine, um, they were really impressed at how I was, every time they would come as a guest to the studio, you know, so in in my booking them, sure. in my greeting them when they came to, because I still take pride in that. You'll see, you know, me leave the studio every once in a while, that's me kind of checking in on the guest yeah. that's arrived. Do you want water, coffee, anything? So they were kind of really always impressed at how I was with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll never forget this day, because it was such a, a monumental event in my life. Uh, It was a birthday party for Bill's wife, Allison. And uh, Robin was there. Bill was out of, Bill Manjo was out of town from River Hills. Thank you. And uh, so what I ultimately ended up doing was Robin had been talking with me by the pool at Bill's house. And I said, Hey Robin, you know, I've always been really interested in real estate. Well, like uh, like a fish to the worm, she she hooked me, reeled me right in, and ever since that day, uh, thank you so much. Ever since that day, she kind of said, "You're perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it." And they and they taught me kind of what their version of real estate is. What do you think about, do you think there was some crossover in doing with what you do, where
0: you're talking to people, you're dealing with people on like a professional level? Is there a lot of crossover in terms of that
3: real estate to the radio sort of thing? It is 100%, I think, been a benefit to me. Mm. That I, I, with the skills and working in media and and communications, uh, 100% a lot. Because I tell people all the time, real estate is like 100% psychological. Mm -hmm. I mean, a house is gonna sell itself. I'm not gonna, I, I tell my clients that I, I'm going to potentially list their home. I don't lie to them. I say, listen, this house is going to sell itself. Somebody's going to walk in here, look around and say, I love it. But what, what makes the, the real estate an important person in that transaction is to get you through those times where you're going to pull your hair out, you're thinking, what am I doing? You know, some bump in the road happens. Or, you know, phone calls need to be made that aren't easy to be made. You're really, as a real estate agent, a representative or an advocate for the person Mm. you're selling their house. It's an important job, you know? So to be able to kind of talk to them in a way where they maybe understand things that they don't and to kind of, like, bring them down, like if something's, you know, to be a... That's all, I think, Mm. has been useful in my communication skills that I've developed over the
0: years. I mean, I talk about this nauseum on the show. I'm not going to get into a whole tangent about... How the current generation of like high school and college students doesn't doesn't have an opportunity to learn interpersonal communication as much as we were forced to growing up because of the internet. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, ah, technology. I know. But I do think that we have we're missing an opportunity uh, to get kids and young folks uh, the skills to interact personally. It's a hard thing to do. It's not easy. Like I think it's gotten easy and you probably do too because yeah. we've done enough. Musical theater or whatever, acting well, that or whatever, too. those kind of things leave a big impact, you know what I mean? It is,
3: it is and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that point, because I think not only the radio business and, you know, in mm-hmm. communicating, not only just when you're, so like if it's Bill and Jeff Manaski and I in the studio talking about three things, you can't be talking to somebody and not really be paying attention to exactly. them. But you know in, in talking with you know people you know i have to book you know sometimes important people and mm-hmm. you have to have respect and you know communicate mm-hmm. well with them but you go back to the theater i mean what's more intimate than being in a show with somebody where you are having to look directly at them and speak to them exactly. and, and interact with them so all that oh, i yeah. think has helped
0: um, I want to get into our lightning round questions. Before we do, uh, just real quickly, where can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about uh, River Hills Properties, about Town Square Media, about yourself? I saw you are on Twitter, but you're only back on Twitter since February, it seems like. I know. I, I'm, <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm a terrible tweeter.
0: Yeah. Terrible tweeter. Um, I should work on that, I, you know, because it is a well, really Well, I'll link you yeah there anyway because we're very heavy on Twitter. But you're at Andrew wibx 950
3: uh, You're on Facebook at AndrewDerminio. Where else yeah. you know, can people get a hold of you? Your cell phone if you want to live with <laughs> I'm not shy about giving my cell phone out sure. 315-272-7419 I love it 315-272-7419 It is I got lucky strong. with that strong. one Strong And uh, you know Call me But fa- reach out to me on Facebook too And uh, if I don't respond to the message It's not because I'm ignoring you It's just because I missed it just Yeah Send me another one i going to hurt my feelings talk about that I know how that goes
0: Yeah uh, All right Let's get to some lightning round questions. Before we do, I have. And thanks one. for
3: having me too, by the no, way. No, was a great and, pleasure. And, uh, it was a great pleasure. I know that we're not done. We got this round, but I just want to say this has been an awesome conversation. Well, thanks, and, man. I appreciate and, it. And uh, to sit down and with somebody that's so passionate, and I really meant that too about everybody that was kind of at our yeah. striving for success table every single one of us up there has one you know at least one thing in common is that we love this area I've been very lucky over the years that uh, the fact that we do this out of like my apartment yeah. doesn't scare people
0: away and that people have been willing so over so much more the easy. to yeah. well it, I think it helps I mean to sit down and have a cup of coffee and and, and you know bus chops and have a good time conversation yeah. that's that's good stuff that's why I got into podcasting in the first place I would listen to those Mark Marin interviews those Bill Simmons interviews and yeah just be like yeah. Joe Rogan's really killing it too right now with, you know what's with funny about Rogan? his stuff. For a long time I was um, I was not into Rogan. I was like, eh, he's a little bit too UFC macho guy and it took yeah. it took me a long time to sort of understand. I was like, Oh, you know what though? I'm 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 doing the thing that I did with Howard Stern where I'm like, eh, he's a shock jock. I'm not paying attention to yeah. him. And then you listen to an interview, you're like, Wow, this guy's really smart.
3: I mean, he can yeah. talk with people for hours. <laughs> yeah. And what I love about him and we're getting off on a little No, it's right just good, again. it's good, good. We've already like yeah. probably maxed out your hard drive. Um uh, but the um but he. Is truly impartial in his questioning. Yes, yeah, yeah. you know he he'll he'll sit down with somebody like as crazy as Alex Jones and yeah. give him four hours mm-hmm. and try to and try to maybe kind of yeah. understand where he's coming from or something I think, like that. And I I saw a
0: lot of people give him flack, give him flack for like putting him on the platform, and I I, I guess I can understand that. But if you look at, at Rogan, right. He's Mm well-respected. He draws a ton of listeners. He's one of the most important podcasters out there right now. He's one of the few podcasts you can go to and within two weeks get... Alex Jones, and then Andrew Yang. It's like, the fact that he's pulling in all these people from different spectrums is pretty wild. And that's so important today, and I Mm -hmm. don't
3: want to, like, you know, because I still, you know, as my news role at WIBX, I like to be careful about making sure that I stay, you know, as impartial as possible. But, I mean, it's so critical that Mm -hmm. Rogan has the conversations that he has, and Uh, to not be afraid to have them. I
0: appreciate you bringing that up, because I do think that podcasting even now... Is still something that's not totally out of its sort of infancy stage. We've we're getting to the point where everyone has a podcast, right? Now, uh, and I've noticed a lot more local podcasts popping up, and I'm not like <laughs> anti-local podcast. I'm really not like I right. My initial plan when I started this program was to have a whole like network of people. I want to do like all women's podcast, sports podcast, this podcast. I want yeah. to do like a lifestyle podcast, things like It'll that. Still happen. It's what I got to get out of college and get my money together. <laughs> Some grad school students, I'm broke all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into these lightning round questions before I forget. These are the same uh, five or six questions I ask everybody who's been on the show. I'm going to start with a bonus one though. Uh, what's your favorite opportunity that
3: you've gotten through your current work? Derek Jeter came to town. I was going to ask. Why I put that out? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. <you're> this <laughs> was really cool for me. And I don't. And I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, this again, I don't want to sound kind of egotistical here mm. by saying this, but I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of cool people. Yeah, yeah. I've interviewed Jim Beheim, which mm. was a champ. That was my most nerve-wracking interview because he's typically, to some people, been a curmudgeon, you know, yeah, like an I mean, angry, mean guy. But we were at the Turning Stone about to play eighteen at Adunia, so I don't think he was really in a bad mood that day. It was
1: a beautiful. That yeah, sounds like so right, I, I kind of caught him right there.
3: Yeah. Um, but the one time I was truly starstruck, like oh, mm. I didn't know what to do, it was so Derek Jeter came to Hamilton College mm. and. Hamilton Remember College does a phenomenal job. They bring a what lot of really doing? cool people in yeah, for like
0: David Axelrod last year. With uh, I think. yeah, with, yeah. What, but
3: th- but that's kind of going back to like why yeah. I think things like, people like Rogan and what Hamilton College mm-hmm. is doing, bringing like Carl Rove and David Axelrod yeah, yeah, together, really cool. so that it wasn't just one side hammering mm-hmm. you and with, with their ideals, they kind of discussed mm-hmm. it. Um, so it's he like, came. So he was announced as part of their great name series, and then he announced his retirement. Mm-hmm. So pun intended, Hamilton College hit a home run because. Yeah. It's Derek Jeter and he just announced he was retiring. So I went up there and it was like a terrible snowstorm. So there was no national media really. I mean, there was gonna be a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. I saw the picture actually and it was like, Wow, you're right, you're right there, man. So I was the first one there <laughs> yeah. and I saw the traditional like press conference yeah, seat yeah, yeah. all set up. I'm like, Oh I put right I put my seat right in front of him. I got to ask him two questions, and then when he walked away, I almost didn't, but I kinda went up to him and shook mm. his hand and I just said thank you. Mm. That's all I said. Oh yeah. I just said Thank you. Mm. Because he was, in my opinion, the epitome of what a baseball player should be. Oh, yeah. Classic. What, a, what, a, what an American professional athlete should be was Derek Jeter. I have a lot of friends who are Red Sox fans.
0: Big time Red Sox yeah. fans. Hate the Yankees. I have a very few of them have a, have a direct, like, uh, let me tell you why Jeter sucks. Like most, most Red Sox fans are like, yeah, it's fine.
3: <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Like, and I think that's probably a good sign. Uh, great answer! But I got to, yeah, I got to interview yeah. him and, or uh, well, yeah, I guess I did. I asked him two questions at the press conference, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to shake his hand. So that was the question. When,
0: uh, when we finish up this interview, remind me to tell you about my Stephen King story, which was the one time <sighs> that I freaked out when I met somebody. That's people have heard that a million times. I won't do it here. I love Stephen King. Uh, so let's get into late round questions. Uh, Andrew Zerminiio, uh, Town Square Media, River Hills Property, local Renaissance man, freshly minted Genesis Group twenty nineteen, striving for success, honoree. Uh, when you wake up in the morning. How do you take your coffee? Black. I apologize that
3: I put cream in your coffee earlier the first time, uh, so my bad. It is, it's okay, because you know what? I can still drink it that way. <laughs> I don't prefer it. I prefer it black because, <laughs> honestly, really quick, I was trying to be good not do sugar, and I was just mm-hmm. drinking yep. Stevia, and that stuff just got it's to be gross. too nasty. I'm I like, you like know it. what? I'm going to drink it black. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach myself to drink it black because you can drink it anywhere. Yep. You never have, have to, to worry yeah. about it, and uh, yeah, I try. I
0: try. I've tried really hard over the years to like force myself to yeah. do it, and it's just like when I'm watching soccer in the morning on Saturday, if I haven't had like breakfast, that cup of black coffee hurts my stomach. I need to cool <laughs> it down. It's Something to break up the. You definitely the you have to get bit. your
3: digestive yeah. system used to it. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, what was your first automobile? It was. A, oh my god, this was a, and it was so embarrassing. I got into an accident with it twice. Two <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> Two times. I think the car was cursed. <laughs> Speaking of Stephen King. Um, but no, it was a red 1980 Plymouth Sundance. Ooh. Yeah. It was a Plymouth two door. Sundance. Two door. Okay. 1980? Yeah. Dear God, yeah, my, It was a gift from my aunt, and the, which is why I felt bad for crashing it twice. That's,
0: well, it's
2: 80 though. You survived <laughs> two crashes in the 80s. It did.
3: Good. The first uh, accident, the airbag was like, yeah, had yeah. been in there so long and it was like a canvas. <laughs> oh. So it was like, boom.
0: I got hit with an airbag once. It was, it was crummy, yeah. not crummy. Not fun. crummy. Uh, you may or may not have taken your nineteen
3: eighty Sun Sundance to see it. What was your first live music event? Honestly, do you want to know the truth? I think it was. I never saw many concerts in high school, mm-hmm. so it was my first concert was in college sure. with my buddy Ben, and I saw Toby Keith. Uh, I was gonna say it's one of the
0: things. One of the questions I didn't get to uh, get around to I was gonna ask you uh, what you're a big fan of. People wouldn't necessarily. Guess you're a big fan of, but you seem to be a big country music guy.
3: I was until, yeah. I, and again, this could be a whole other discussion. I won't mm. open the can of worms. I'll only kind mm. of partly open it. Sure. Um, right around the time I left doing the DJ position at Frog to go to IBX full time, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the genre kind of shifted a little. That's you fair. Know what I mean, like it's gone from like I was big into like. Old Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney and Jason Aldean sure. and further back too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I grew old, up
0: with like my grandfather was like Hank Williams. Yeah, and like all that stuff's like great. Real old school, and then it kind of yeah. it
3: kind of advanced to like the Toby Keith like music. Era, but yeah. now it's yeah, pop like music, the first yeah. time that I saw at a country concert, like the guitarist had a mohawk. I was totally cool with, and that was awesome, it and like it was great. Seems like, like a different time now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was Toby Keith, and I will say this: it was Jason Aldean was mm. his opener. Now, really? Jason Aldean is a huge, huge star, superstar yeah. now, big star. But it was when it was when Jason Aldean. I remember was when Toby Keith though was
0: everywhere. Yeah, couldn't escape him. He was like it was that it was when we were really into patriotism for a couple of years. Ago. Yeah, we were in America. We were like we're really heavy in this. Community. Yeah, exactly.
3: And I'll tell you, he he's actually even though he's not around <coughs> like on the music scene anymore, mm-hmm. he's kind of that pulling the purse strings. He oh, yeah. so he owns. Part of uh I think Big Machine label, which sure. Taylor Swift either was or is a part of. Yeah, yeah. So every time Taylor Swift gets paid, Toby Keith gets a percentage of that.
0: And this is gonna sound like really time sensitive, but I used to work at a record store when I was in high school and there was right, in the pre cell phone era before like Spotify, before yeah. streaming was really what it is now, we're still selling a lot of CDs when I was growing up and we sold a ton of country music. I think like Toby Keith, oh, yeah. that era of dudes was some of the last era of guys to get because people wanted to money. hear their whole album yeah, yeah. and country yeah. historically has been the genre that continues to sell even in stores even when i was there when people were not buying rock and roll and not buying hip hop in the way that they were 5 6 years ago people were still
3: even today buying country with music. the way even today with yeah. the way people with the way the genres changed with from a radio format it always kills in the ratings country if you could sit down with any person living or dead who is not your relative for dinner who would it be why. Okay, so I thought about this, and it, the, you know, it truly, I would like, to, I'm going to cheat and say, because kind of the inspiration sure. of Walt Disney, Yeah. Um, but actually, from a journalistic standpoint, uh, Tim Russert. Tim Russert, interesting. Tim Russert was the moderator yeah. of Meet the Press. Mm-hmm. And, famed Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> famed, famed Bills fan. And I'll never forget the day that he died. Hmm. I was actually working with Keeler, oh. and we were live the on guy, the morning actually. show. Yeah, we, we were live on the morning show, and I looked up, we have the TVs in studio, and, and it came across Tim Russert dead. Yeah. And what I loved about Tim Russert was that, you know, and people have their opinions about, you know, oh, NBC is, you know, leans this way yeah, or this, like this sure. way. But you would have never known that from Tim
0: Russert. No, that's what my mom actually said just recently. She, she was very sad. She loved yeah. him back in the day. And uh, she's like, I don't know. I just wish there were more guys like Tim Russert out Because, there I mean, right you,
3: now, you, you know even I mean? kind of have like Chris Wallace. Uh, is kind of like that yeah. now, but st- you know, still some people say mm-hmm. can say what they want about him. But he had that respect where because if he was going to ask a politician or somebody a question, he was going to by far he was going to have the mm-hmm. fact behind it, and you know, he was just really, I think a really down the middle look to get the answers mm-hmm. and not try and put any spin on it kind of guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he was answer. still respected for it. So yeah, Tim Russert, great answer. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh my gosh. Uh, I will say, because it's it's the latest thing I can think of, kind of my latest obsession really, is, uh, again, because I don't have a lot of time to watch or do anything. If you haven't, and I'm really passionate about this, if you have not already, take the time to watch the Making a Murderer documentary series on Netflix. It is a true injustice of what this man and his nephew went through, Mm. and um, I know it's hard to, you know, like, oh, well, it was so one-sided, you know, blah, 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 but... I mean, you look at just alone mm. what the nephew went through yeah. and what his prosecutorial team like yeah. so his 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 defense attorney that was given to him was working against him to basically, yeah. hey, plead guilty. Mm. I just think that the facts yeah. that were presented against them were huh. I mean, how do these two unintelligent, you know, people from the upper peninsula mm. of Wisconsin stab, shoot, do all this to this woman, but there's not a speck of her DNA in the trailer?
0: I'm telling you, I think a lot of this true crime stuff that's coming up over the last five, ten years is because it really I thought about I think about this a lot I watched that Abducted in Plain Sight on Netflix I don't know if you watched yeah. that it No was I a haven't big caught thing. that one You look at, like, these stories from the 70s and the 80s, and you're like, how did people not get away with all of this stuff? There's no cameras. There's no cell. Like, there's so much stuff. It's like, no one thought it was weird, right? I I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, all this stuff, once you reexamine it now under the light of day, it's like, how did we not know? There was so much crazy stuff going on. And let's think
3: about how common that is. I mean, look, we've had several in our own community, most notably Stephen Barnes. Yeah. I mean, the man spent you know about 20 years of his life mm. in prison for a crime he didn't commit you know mm. Mm. tough stuff serious stuff crazy how much of this true crime has taken over
0: like the general yeah, population too. it's fascinating stuff it is fascinating and then uh, let's get one more last question in here Andrew, uh, Andrew Derminio Times Square, uh, Town Square Media River Hills Property besides uh, giving back to your community besides true crime documentaries besides uh, country
3: music give me one more thing that you are passionate about Whew, man well uh, I do I am passionate about this may seem like a naive answer but uh, any, any opportunity that I can get to just kind of sit with my mom and my family pay, play pitch, play nice. a board game you have, you know, get... a bar- yeah exactly. <laughs> have a barbecue <laughs> go out and do things. Uh, family time is so important you know because you can always rely on family. Mm. You can't always pick your family, but um, they're always there for you. Again, you know, I recently got addicted to snowmobiling. So oh. that'll be uh, probably one of my next major nice. irresponsible purchases. <laughs> <laughs> you can, I'll, I'll, I'll have you talk to GFOP
0: Rachel Witter on here and you guys can have a whole oh, conversation. Oh, yeah. She's, about she's snowmobiling. been very. She's the queen of snowmobiles. <laughs> yeah. She's been
3: very uh, influential in my decision to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to give it a try. But um, definitely that. But also, I mean, just I'll tell everybody if you're, you know, if you're thinking about your parent or an uncle or a cousin that you haven't in, in a while, give them a call. Mm, very you know, cool. Go Work out a little coffee date or something with them.
0: Uh, Andrew, uh, congratulations. You've broke the hour mark, which very few people get to break <laughs> on the show. I appreciate Darn it. you coming I'm in. I'm so sorry about that. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. It a great conversation. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, check Andrew out, uh,
3: WIBX950. Uh, He's on with Keeler at First News with Keeler in the morning at 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. You, can, you, ha- you can't accidentally find us. You have to go to the AM band instead mm-hmm. of other alternative universe to the FM band uh, at 9.50 but you can also catch us on channel 6 or 33 Beautiful. we simulcast on FXP Beautiful. as well uh, it was a real pleasure to have you in today thanks for joining us on a Sunday uh, sorry I took up so much of your time <laughs> not a
0: problem at all folks we'll be back to the show in just a moment
2: Subway. So I look at that stuff. I'm like, well, I don't know. I Sesame ginger stuff. glazed chicken fried burrito wrap.
0: Oh, he's. <laughs> I like that you guys have become so bored of this show that uh, you're just we're now reading to, flyers on the air, I, going <laughs> through the mail. I think
2: it says more about the amount of mail piled up <laughs> <laughs> I, on this table and in this room in general. We need to. Throw and out. I'm
1: hungry right now too,
0: so. Uh, listeners, give us a send in on Twitter on this. How long can you keep mail that you haven't answered before it's okay to just throw it out? Like if I've gotten a second letter between from National Grid between now and the one I had before that, I'm just throwing the old one out, right? Yeah, right yeah. yeah for sure we keep too much mail Is the general is the general people, consent
2: people send too much mail like i don't yes, i don't deal, deal with mail. i do all of you know my banking i've got all that stuff set my bank sends me 12 envelopes i like every i feel like every time i use <laughs> an atm they send something to my house yeah. and it's i know like i know that i took out 60 dollars the other day yeah, from you. wherever when i was you know going <laughs> grocery shopping like and there's oh, here's some more mail, here's some more mail. And it comes and it's got the bank's logo. So it goes, you know, damn, it's from the bank. I can't throw it out, but yes you can. Yeah. Or but you? Shred it though, because also a lot of envelopes probably have a lot of information. Nothing ever's going through the trash, but yeah. you never know. We need a paper shredder. That's what we need. <laughs> uh yeah, true
0: story. Too much mail. Gotta get rid of it all. Uh let's let's dig oh before we get into history lessons, thank you once again. Andrew Dominio, great conversation. Um, great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of used. I told him I was like, I'm going to use your help to get Keeler in here. I still want to talk to Keeler one of these days and get an interview with him. That would be, awesome. be awesome. Maybe That'd for, be really awesome. Hey, we're only four episodes away from 200. I told yeah, him we're only use three that. I know. Almost, don't don't get the don't get everyone's hopes up yet because I, I haven't heard anything else back yet. It's only been an hour. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into uh, let's get into this week's history lesson. This week's junk mail. <laughs> this week's junk mail. Uh so I'm, so I'm going to start doing a response to the history. I like lesson. that. I like that. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, On this day, 1940, Nancy Pelosi was born. Uh, She's an American politician serving as Speaker of the United States House of Representatives since January 19. She was first elected to Congress in January 1987, which means she's been in Congress ever since, pretty much since I've been born, which is a very impressive uh, achievement. She's the only woman to have served as Speaker and is the highest ranking elected woman in United States history. Uh, She is the second in presidential line of succession immediately following uh, Mike Pence. She's in her seventeenth term as Congresswoman. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that is crazy. Well, it's just like I, I thought about this a couple of weeks ago when like Delvin was on because Delvin, you know, he's, he's a young dude and he's already like you. Certain people just m- must have that like urge, just getting get yeah that yeah. special 100%. Like, yeah. Uh, She was instrumental in the passage of many landmark bills, including the Affordable Care Act, Dodd-Frank, Wall Street Reform, and the Consumer Protection Act, Don't Ask, Don't Tell Repeal Act, along with the American Recovery and Reinvestment Acts and 2010 Tax uh, Relief Acts, which served the economic stimulus amid the Great Recession. Side note, uh, Pelosi is also the owner of the Zinfandel Lane Vineyards in St. Helena, California, as well as the Skellinger Lane Vineyards in the Napa Valley. She doesn't uh, make wine herself, though. She sells wine to other uh, California wine producers. Great. Smart. That's living the dream, though, when you have a wine. I'm trying to get a vineyard. That's on my <laughs> list. Of, oh, like, having bucket... a vineyard is high level, yeah. Is that high on a that's bucket high list? high level, because
2: well, you have all those beautiful lands to walk through. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you've got the rolling hills and all that that's... stuff going on. What's a more impressive flex on having tons of money than owning a vineyard?
0: Like, what's something you could own that's more, pop-
2: like, a jet? Oh, I mean, probably a lot more stuff than a vineyard. I think that's pretty. That's pretty good. A castle. Oh, a castle. castle would be great. castle's good. A castle, yeah. Is an a vineyard island with I fi- an island with the... a vineyard and a castle on it. I mean, how much <laughs> money? How, many, how much money are we talking about here? How many islands with vineyards and castles do you? You got to
0: go to like Europe for that. It seems like, like a European type thing. Like. Yeah, but you
2: can afford it.
0: It's true. You that can afford true. it. Uh, all right, moving on. On this day, nineteen sixty-three. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds. Oh, I like that movie. You like that one? I do. Pretty good. I remember that one. Um, <laughs> The film stars Rod Taylor and Tippi Hedren in her screen debut. Uh, the film was deemed culturally, historically, aesthetically significant. United States Library of Congress in 2016, selected for preservation. Uh, however, much like most modern things, it's very controversial in hindsight because of the relationship between Alfred Hitchcock and Tippi Hedren, which is a supposedly very, uh, he was being a creep to her. Yeah, Although, I watched
1: a documentary yeah. on that. Oh, you watched the HBO because they talked yes. about it. Yep. Did you
0: like the documentary about it? Was it interesting? I was going to yeah. watch it.
1: Kind of, yeah.
0: Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: good for a little bit of it, but it's good. I felt uh, bad for her. She went through hell with
2: him. <laughs> seems like
0: that, every like documentary I see that's about like some actress from this era always seems very dark and depressing. Tough times for yeah. folks back then. Mm-hmm. The Judy Garland stuff, you ever heard anything about Judy Garland? Dude, like her, her life seems super, that seems super sure, dark, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Heavy stuff. Uh, Here's one that's not so heavy. Let's move on. This day, 1998. Viagra is approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, The artificial compound that was originally synthesized and studied to treat hypertension uh, and angina. Uh, Chemists at the Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company found, however, that while the drug had little effect on angina, it could induce penile erections, uh, typically lasting 30 to 60 minutes, or typically within 30 to 60 minutes, it's crazy because it feels like this was the most important, like drug. In a, it was like the most popular. Everybody drug.
1: talked about. This.
0: They had all the commercials with the guy, like smiling Bob and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like every commercial that I see on television now for medicine, I always the Viagra ones are the first ones I think I remember seeing like constantly.
1: Like, mm-hmm. And I
0: don't even know if that's true, but
2: it's just what it that's feels. That's something like. I remember. Um, I just think that if for the for the people out there who complain and say, "Oh my." insurance shouldn't have to pay for your birth control. Mm-hmm. I think we should tell those same people, if that's going to be your rule, fine, but that means you can't have your insurance pay for your Viagra, you I sad like old dude screaming on the radio. Ooh,
0: interesting. I like that a lot. Uh, it was an immediate success, practically instantaneously, in its first year alone. The eight- well, 30 to 60 minutes. It was a success. <laughs> <laughs> for about a billion dollars in sales in its first year, which makes you wonder. Trying you know, to get into
2: the pharmaceutical game. Are you? Yeah, I'd like, <laughs> like to produce. I would like to produce. I mean, I don't have to be a bad guy, but I would just like to get in on some, uh, some of the cash here.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's lots of money in pharmaceuticals. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, estimated 30 million men in the United States suffer from erectile dysfunction and a wave of new Viagra competitors among those Cialis and Levitra. I remember Cialis because it's the commercial that everyone hates with those two people in the separate tubs sitting next to like, the married couple. You know what I'm talking no. about? It's like so it's this married couple and it's like, when love can strike at any time. And then they're like on a on a like a veranda on their like beach <laughs> house and they have two like Old tubs, like old ceramic, like bathtubs, mm-hmm. and they're like in the tubs next to each other, like holding hands. I'm like, what life From is tub this? To tub? <laughs> what kind of well, like your target audience? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> like rich old, like sappy romantic white people who are like, God, I love the sun going down over yes. my money. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, but those the market drug companies are not uh, now not just targeting older men like Bob Dole, but men in their 30s and 40s. I actually see this now too. Have you seen like the younger men's? Erectile dysfunction pills, you see like advertisements yeah, for. I'm
1: missing all this. I don't see a lot of advertisements. Just, yeah, where are you?
2: I see a lot of
0: here. I
1: hear a lot will of you my watch podcasts. A lot, you, uh,
2: that's that's no, a good podcast. Podcasts, because podcasts, a lot of advertising yeah. on podcasts, and I feel like you consume more sports than I do too. You know what so I there's, mean? You watch a lot of soccer games. There's and stuff
0: like two that? specific ones I've seen one is one called Blue Chew. Which advertises on all these podcasts. That sounds a little bit too much like
2: dog food.
0: Sounds it does. By the way, Blue Chew. Buy your dog Blue Chew. I will I will promote your your seemingly dubious product for money, so please call me Blue Chew. Uh no, but Blue Chew is like another one that it's like a pill you can chew, and thus like a Viagra type. And then there's another one that's like it's like Dollar Shave Club, but for erectile dysfunction, it's got like some ad that's like, hey. You might have erectile dysfunction, but it's okay to talk about it. It's need a razors? big deal. Bam! It was yeah. So it's like you know erectile dysfunction's is cool. Here's it's like I don't know if this is the box. best.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you need a <laughs> subscription box for this necessarily. I was talking about it the other night. Subscription boxes too. That's where the money is. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. get into pharmaceuticals. I got to start putting together some subscription yes. boxes. Where did you draw? There's easy mo-
0: marks everywhere. Where do you draw the line for subscription boxes?
2: Like when did you? Right at the in- beginning. So you didn't like the food subscription boxes or anything like that? I think the, like food, that? the food subscription boxes specifically I don't, I don't really. You don't care for. Go to the, go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get it. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sure it's convenient. But like we were saying, we were talking about this the other day, with some people, with the food ones, you're just paying a premium to not have to do the extra work. Which yeah. works for some people sometimes as long as you're okay with the fact that you're overpaying. It's good like if degree. people
1: for example when I had my son, mm-hmm. we had a couple come to us and yeah, that yeah. was great for them. Never mm-hmm. did it again though because you're too tired the, to get oh, anything done.
2: And I think and that's one thing where like, you know, when you do that but, like I think it's crazy the people who do it, like, yeah, this yeah, is our understand. plan, so here's how much we're spending this year because this is how we buy and it's consume our food. Store. You know what I mean? Hmm. If you're
1: gonna do a subscription, do like common thread and get I, your vegetable box every month. <laughs> common thread Something is like, good. Good. like that, good yeah.
2: But I can't think of any like internet based like subscription box that I need. What do I need new stuff in a box every month? The I one stuff. I'll
0: say this: if I had more money, the one that I would do and this time, I guess, it would be like the pet one. I guess, like the chewy one, because I forget to get cat food if I go to the grocery store. It's just
2: that's something I never have
1: your Prime account send you a bag. If cat food. They,
0: yeah, if that's they're sending one once a month, that'd be okay. That you know I mean? comes.
2: That's not even like a. That's not a subscription box, though. You know, like when you set up the right. Prime, that's yeah. kind of a, when I say subscription box. I mean the stuff oh, like, like, hey, Jack threads. You, you like, like going <laughs> outside? Well, we're gonna send you. Miscellaneous outdoor gear in a box every month yes. for 39 dollars. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're sitting there like, oh, I got this cool rope and this cool knife. It's like, yeah, but what? What are we doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I just
1: They have kid ones like, how to do nighttime games with your kids. Like, play with them. Play with your play child. Play with your kid. Like, you need a box to be creative. You what? really can't think for yourself. One
0: of my buddies sent me one that was just boxes of ties, bow ties, and suspenders. I'm like, you don't need more than, like, ten of these. Tops. And that's if you're real fancy. Mm-hmm. I have, like, two pairs of suspenders. <laughs> and one was a hand-me-down that has the three stooges on them. And it's for laughs. So, like, I don't think I need a new box of Everyone. bow ties shipped to me once a month. That I've never seen, mind you. Just miscellaneous bow ties yeah. of all colors and shapes and sizes. Alright, I don't know how we got there from Viagra. But yeah, well, good come up. Pun intended. Alright, moving on. Uh, 2004. Uh, Ireland becomes the first country to ban smoking in all workplaces.
2: Give it up for Ireland. Ireland. the of the world, as, as always.
0: Uh, yeah, smoking in workplaces was banned, uh, making Ireland the first country in the world to institute an outright ban on smoking in workplaces. Uh, from that day onward, under the Public Health Act, it has been illegal to smoke in all enclosed workplaces. It is strictly enforced and include bars, restaurants, clubs, offices, public buildings, company cars, taxis, trucks, and vans. Uh, a private residence is considered a workplace when tradespeople such as plumbers or electricians are working there. So that's kind of interesting, too. Makes sense. Uh, $3,000, or euros, is what the maximum fine on the spot, while a prison sentence can also be given at a later time for violators, which seems kind of excessive what would you be? Would you be? You think Americans would go for a ban on smoking at Ameri- all? Ameri- oh, or- no,
2: Americans don't go for a ban on it. What? No. No, never, not at all. Never ever. Never, never. ever. Never ever. <laughs> I think it's in a- the Second Amendment that they can smoke wherever they want. I- <laughs> They'll <Don't> tell you.
0: <laughs> it does feel like America has kind of turned the corner on tobacco. Like Everybody has. Been-
2: the younger generations, for sure.
0: When's the last time you smoked a cigarette, Heather?
1: Oh, God. Like in college at a party.
0: Were you trying to be cool and impress somebody?
1: No, I wasn't trying to impress anybody. It was definitely. I was, just drunk. was, I was watching.
2: <laughs> I was watching something recently. It was from like the early '90s or '80s, and I can't remember what it was. I feel like it was something set in like a high school, and it was wild how casual everybody was. And I was kind—I of, can't remember what it mm-hmm. was now, but like even it wasn't that long ago. And It was really interesting to see. Times have shifted a lot, especially with the internet. You know, we talk about it all the oh, time yeah. about like how different a lot of attitudes have gotten about certain things and how quickly. Hmm. Or maybe not as quick as we think. and Time just flies. One or the other. Uh, and
0: on this date, uh, two thousand and six, uh, Jack Dorsey sends the world's first Twitter message, or tweet. So Twitter is uh, twelve years old this week.
2: Sounds like it,
1: it's it? older than that.
2: It does feel like it's thirteen yeah, we're, we're years old. I'm sorry, to thirteen. From the mountains yeah. to ruin <laughs> us with cosmic horror.
0: I thought it was interesting that it... because someone I told someone I was on Twitter for like ten years, and like Twitter hasn't been around in ten years. I'm like. No, weirdly, I sure think has, I think it yeah. certainly mm-hmm. has actually, which I guess again it times a flat circle. I mean we've done 196 straight episodes? Time yeah. just keeps. moving There were along. definitely
2: some some early Wild West years though, where the mm-hmm. vast majority of people weren't really on it, didn't really know what it was about. Mm. Well, it used to be called just
0: Twitter without the eyes, so it was like T W T T R, yeah. so the no vowels in it, which mm-hmm. seems like kind of a that seems like a very early 2000s. Just <laughs> and, trying to be different, yeah, just trying to change mm-hmm. it up. Uh, do you know what some of the other names suggested for Twitter at the time were? No.
1: No, tell us.
0: Friend Stalker, which is, that doesn't name, It doesn't... <laughs>
1: I think I didn't yeah. stick with that one. And
0: Jitter, J-I-T-T-E-R. Sort of like, huh. kind of the same kind of vibe, I suppose. That sounds more like a dating app. I'm on Jitter and Hinge and Bumble and on all these dating apps now. Uh, first tweet from the official account, didn't, uh... Uh, account didn't come for another 478 days. So after the first tweet, the Jack Dorsey said he didn't tweet for another, like, year and a half. Uh, President Barack Obama, who now has the fourth highest number of Twitter followers, more than any other world leader, uh, who do you think the number one person, most followed person on Twitter is? I actually looked this up before the interview. I
2: don't
0: know. I was actually surprised. It's Katy Perry. She is the most yeah. followed Twitter account with over 84 million followers since joining in 2009.
2: Early adopter. Yeah. Early
0: adopter, make use of the platform to the best of his capabilities.
2: Good for her. And this had, like, a long run, because even, like, with her most relevant years kind of being behind her, but she was she was an older user even back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I don't remember, I'm sure that, it, like, if I went back to look at
0: some of my early tweets, I'd be, like, shaking my head and kind of embarrassed by the dumb stuff I was tweeting about. Usually music. I tweeted a lot of like songs I was listening to right at the moment. I
1: just tweet lyrics. On lyrics? Jeez,
0: mm. That's very emo. I still tweet a sweet lyric here Sometimes now, I man. want to.
1: I'm like, I really want to put this out
0: there. Sometimes I'll hear a song in the car and I'll be like, oh yeah, that lyric is... Yeah, it's emotional. I feel like I should put that Yeah, up. but if I'm I put like, it out nah. there,
1: I'll get like 17 messages. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm yep. fine. I just really love this song. It means <laughs> so much to me right now.
0: <laughs> that was the first time I knew my mom was on social media. I put like some song, like some song lyric up mm-hmm. on Twitter and she's like, are you depressed? I was like, no. it's a, I just like the phrasing. All right. Uh, so let's get into the rest of this week. I don't have a ton of other stuff this week, but I thought it was interesting. I did some research though this week, guys, because earlier this week, Kev, you were here. You were this at work. This week. This week. Earlier this week. Last this week. week. Earlier last week. Earlier last week. It doesn't matter. Point is, I did some research. You were at work, and one of those stupid, like, nasty stink bugs came in the oh, house, and I had to chase them down. You've been getting those in your house? Not this
1: year. Last year, we had a ton of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what they're called?
1: No, I thought they are stink bugs.
0: They're called brown uh, marmorated stink bugs, really? and they are an invasive species. Kev, you brought this up to me, and I did some research. Uh, do you know they've only been around in the United States since 1998?
1: No, they're gross. They
0: are gross. Uh, They came over uh, in packing crates on various types of machinery, and they were introduced from either China or Japan. So if you see these around, now you know. Invasive species. And if you look at this dope picture, which I'm going to show you right now, uh, they came in in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And bad radio for you, folks. It's crazy. You can see the big radius from where they spread out and how New York is pretty highly infested. Mm -hmm. So there you go, folks. If you want to learn about a new invasive species that's taking over our neighborhood... The, Last
1: uh, year we did over a, had over a hundred. I counted how many we took out of our house. There was really? so many. we counted over a hundred. Oh my god! That's gross.
0: Yeah, apparently there was a really big jump between the years of 2010 and 2011. There was just this big, massive increase in that period of time. Neat. Uh, one-
2: <laughs> so the bugs we love big extreme swings in the insect <laughs> populations both ways. It seems like a Nash normal stable thing. that happened. Uh, bugs just varying wildly in you know range and population. Uh,
0: I also have one other quick story, and it was a uh, poetic justice moment. Did you guys read about the trophy hunter who had killed a bunch of families of baboons and then got killed by a lion afterwards? I right. did. Yeah, it <laughs> good did. for you. I, I've seen a lot of like stuff on the internet lately about people killing animals.
1: Oh you kill a bamboo. I know any animal, but they're like people. I mean they're literally like
0: I saw person. one that made its way on Twitter and it was someone posted it. It was like some person in like the British Parliament. And it was a picture of some guy shooting a lion that was asleep. Did you see this? It was making its way around like Reddit and oh, Twitter. No. And it was and the guy put it up for like an anti poaching thing, right? It was like, <laughs> like look at this disgusting like guy yeah, like yeah. paying to shoot like a sleeping animal. Terrible stuff. Don't kill any of these exotic animals. Terrible. Stop attacking baboons. <laughs> Uh, we uh, we have one I have one more story for you from weird stuff there's another story going around the internet uh, about people slapping each other Do you see the competitive slapping that was another story that yeah was out getting... in Russia yeah
2: out in yeah. Russia <laughs> you, did you see this no, one? No, I
1: it? didn't. I must be hiding somewhere.
2: It was basically like... arms real deep. He's in Jeez. the deep water. It was like arm He's wrestling. He's in the deep end. This isn't about you.
0: It was like arm wrestling, right? So these two guys like stand on the other side of a table and slap each other
2: I think till one falls over. Until, and... until the person either uh, quits, passes out, or dies. <laughs> <laughs> Those, are yeah. Those are the
1: options?
2: You Ugh. can either say I quit, you can pass out, or you can die. That seems very intense. I don't <laughs> seems very Russian right
1: now. How do I explain this to? Cats? And these these giant
2: guys, <laughs> they just slap each other. as hard. I'm mean, just holding the thing like this and getting their full body weight. And just...
0: Yeah, I'll show it to you afterwards. No, I'm good. You don't want to see yeah, it No, I'll have, have to check it out. Uh, so it got me thinking about some of the weirder like sports and stuff that I've seen over the years. Uh, I used to watch a lot of the World's Strongest Man competition. you ever watch that one? Oh, That's yeah, I used to occasion. watch
1: Poland all the time. The guy from Poland was.
0: Oh, Mariusz Pujanowski! Great.
1: Yeah, they used to throw like <laughs>
0: kegs over their head. Um, I also I
2: don't know if this is a sport. I used to watch a lot of BattleBots. That's another weird. Oh box. yeah, that's uh, a I, I, BattleBots is not a sport. That's <laughs> I don't know if this is a sport either. BattleBots. Well, like, I mean, it's a not, contest
1: like... of yeah. but it's I guess not of, a sport.
0: I suppose. I, I mean, it's a Are game, you sweating right? And
1: then doing endurance while you're no, but it, you had to
0: build the thing. It yeah,
1: takes but it's like a a, different it's a kind skill contest. Like science it's a- fair or something.
2: <laughs> 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 Just build the birdhouse a sport. <laughs>
1: Technology, I don't know. Um, like all
2: the building they do in football and basketball. <laughs> what about darts? Like professional what?
1: darts. That's, that's a sport. I find uh,
0: that's a game. That's a game. Yeah. That's a game. Uh, what about that show on TV where the wall moves at you and you have to get into a position so that you can get through the hole in the wall? That's I, art. <laughs> That's a, art. <laughs> I see. All right, very good. Um, and I just wanted to bring this one up as well because, Heather, you may have actually seen this one. Okay. Unless you were still under... Did you watch... Were you one of the 20 million people in the last three days who watched the Stranger Things Season 3 trailer? No. Of course you weren't. I mean, <laughs> I
1: like the show. I just wasn't... I mean, I wasn't... Ex- looking for it's not on trailer wire first thing every morning (laughs) no the only reason I bring it up is it's one of
2: those uh, sweet sweet trailers
1: it actually became it
0: became one of the the highest viewed videos in YouTube history over three days really showing the power of Netflix and popular culture and I think where something like Stranger Things even people who don't watch the show will go watch it because they're curious about this trailer that people are talking about yeah We also saw a bunch of other trailers this week. We saw Aladdin. We watched the Door of the Explorer trailer. We watched the new. There's a real, yeah, live action Door of the Explorer that Heather is shaking her head about.
1: The Aladdin one, I'm shaking my head about too.
0: I have really complex emotions. (laughs) Uh, No. Did you? How many times (laughs) I I watched it? I loved
1: Aladdin. That's just terrible. What
0: part throws you off? Just the
1: since they're like. Him, the Aladdin, guy who plays Aladdin. He looks a
0: little dopey-eyed.
1: terrible. And then they start singing like a Disney movie, though, and it looks kind of serious. And then they get all really Disney. You know, it's, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just too much. Like, they're trying to be the old Dis- Aladdin, I, but they're...
0: I'm having a hard time with Will Smith. I really... I'm trying. I. Robin I,
1: Williams was so good.
0: Because Robin Williams was really good. Was really and good. even when they were showing part of the song and they did like Never Had a Feather He was almost like... I don't know. It just didn't... I don't know. You
2: can, it, does, it does seem like there's going to be a little bit more uh, Will Smith ad-libbing this <laughs> Yeah. Like, he was doing like, huh, come on. You come know on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of, like, extra. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't care for that. I thought the
0: Door of the Explorer trailer was I interesting. I to see
1: that. <laughs>
0: They're definitely ripping off Jumanji, which was very popular, surprisingly, <laughs> last year. Uh, And then we watched John Wick 3, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. and Toys. Well, John Wick 3. Can I
1: watched the really? damn, yeah. See, she's a John you, Wick right?
0: guy. That's surprising.
1: Uh, that's surprising to me. Thank you. Uh, and then Toy Story four, Once Upon a Time in I've Hollywood. I've only seen one of them. Toy Story? Yeah, I've only seen the first one. Tell me you guys haven't seen two or three. And I don't think I have. Oh, I've seen.
0: I my nieces and nephews okay. who like all that stuff. I, Toy Story three is very good. I mean, like full who stop. I've it's heard a, that it's a very so, good movie. People
1: cried at that. it or something. I
0: I did not cry during okay. it, but I will say it's emotional. You can. <laughs> it's Boy. easy. It's a very emotional movie about growing up and. Uh, giving up the things that you once held dear. All right, let's move on. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I guess the last thing we'll stop with this week is it was announced earlier this uh, this week that the Woodstock 50 lineup is out. Oh, Woodstock yeah, 50 that. is happening. Yes. Uh, I looked at it. Uh, I have to say it did make me feel a bit old because there was some stuff I liked on there, but I felt like I knew less people than I was hoping I was going to know in terms of artists on there. Oh, yeah? I felt like I, I'm sort of out of touch because I don't have Spotify. You yelled at me earlier for being one well, of the holdouts. No, not. Listen, let didn't not, yell at
2: me. I didn't, number one, I didn't yell. Number two, it's not the Spotify that makes you know this stuff. <laughs> Spotify is not telling me, like, hey, these are the guys. They kind of do, I guess.
1: They kind of yeah. It helps
2: with the Discover okay. Weekly and that kind of stuff.
0: So I'll name a couple of these artists. If any of you guys get excited for anything, let me know. How about the Killers?
2: I'm excited for that. Love to see the Killers in a festival setting. Miley Cyrus seems like she's built for kind of festival settings. Not for me. Nah, nah, it's gonna be I no mean, for you dog. If like we were out there and wandering. Is she gonna if, be there?
1: If, yeah. It's yeah, one of the headliners. Oh,
2: if I was I... out there wandering in the field or something and like it was going on. <laughs> but like I'm not I'm probably not skipping anybody else who's a headliner to see her. Uh Santana, the Lumineers, Rack and Tours. Rack and Tours, yes. Uh Run the Jewels,
0: I thought was very yes, cool. Yes. Excited about that. Really yes uh robert plant and the sensational space shifters i mean uh, maybe to eh.
2: lay physical eyes on the man yeah to see what he looks you know like I mean? yeah. like that would be i guess uh how about the dead and company for all you Deadheads out there any grateful dead we'll probably check it out and enjoy it be interesting to see chance the rapper black keys Huge. black keys were really good when i saw them a long time ago uh Jill simpson Ooh, greta
0: van fleet there's a divisive band that people seem to hate that band that ripped off, like, everything that Led Zeppelin does. Oh, Just sounds like okay. Led Zeppelin. Okay. Um, Gary Clark Jr. Saw him yes. on SNL. He seems pretty cool. Uh, Jay-Z. I mean, I've seen Jay-Z already, so that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I wouldn't go see him again, but that doesn't, like, move the meter for me in mm-hmm. any particular way. And then, Justin Parkinson's favorite band, Imagine Dragons. His all-time mm-hmm. favorite band. That's a no from me. <laughs> Don't no question it. His all-time favorite band.
2: There were some other good people on there. It's interesting because I heard they're not going to do uh, day passes. So you have to go. You have to yeah. buy a ticket for all three if you want to go. Because mm. I heard a lot of people talking like, oh, I'd go, like to go to Sunday or I'd yeah. like to go to Saturday or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't, it, like, It's because it's so close, it's appealing. But yeah. the lineup, although there's people that I would very much like to see, yeah, a lot of them cool. I don't really want to see at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a giant festival stage. And it's not. I don't know if it's enough to pull me to the event.
0: When yeah. I went to Bonnaroo... Uh, I needed it to be. It needed to be Radiohead, and it needed to be like Benfold Five reuniting, and it needed to be like like Dark Star, and like all these weird things that I was so excited for. That I was like, all right, I have to go. I very rarely look at a, a lineup anymore. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm, if I miss this, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, am gonna go crazy if I miss this. That's why I didn't fall for the Fire Festival. I don't have like FOMO. I don't That's have why. fear of missing out. Well, why. one of many reasons why.
1: Did you go to the Woodstock 99 or did I? Do that? No, I was not allowed. I'm the older I was one, not sorry. allowed to go. My mom
0: would not let me go. Okay. She was very protective of me. It was
1: me. good. It was terrible. I mean, it was good, but the end was scary for sure.
0: Did you break anything? Did you smash No, it? I wasn't
1: part of it. I worked at Subway and we got to go for free.
0: <laughs> See, you love Subway so much. You love the flyer, got you to Woodstock. Uh, all right, that's it, humanoids. Thanks for joining us once again. Episode 196,
2: Four Away from 200. I'm. I'm getting nervous about what we're going to have to do. I don't know yet. I have no doubt that you are. You'll yeah. figure it out. I'm It'll sh- be great. Hit it out of the park no matter what. Yep. Uh,
0: follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. Uh, follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan or me at SF Doom Or just follow the show at Udicast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast We're taking it over the web. Sign our humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, Hey, second place in the in the fair in the parade's pretty good. I got a major award this week. It's not a leg lamp, Ray. I still love you. The shout out to Ray D'Urso. Uh, all the folks who did uh, did me solid by honoring me with this award. I'll leave it at that. Have a great week.